What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Cooldown Time. My name's Marco. I'm your graphically outdated host. Joining me, as always, is the technical mess of the show, Pablo. Uh, look, man, it's uh, another crazy week of, of Xbox headlines. So, uh, you know no, what? I, I thought we kind of, we kind of just. We kind of dive right into it a little bit here in the intro uh, with a little icebreaker question before we kind of get all in the serious stuff uh, with Xbox. Let's have a little bit of fun and, uh, and, 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 and pretend to be Phil Spencer for a day. Um, so the question I kind of thought of is, out of all the upcoming first-party Xbox games that do not have a release date or a release window yet, that's an important caveat, if you had the power to pick three games that you could guarantee that Xbox will release first in terms of just making that these three games are the priority for them. Which games would you choose from the following list? Fable, Perfect Dark, Gear 6, Halo 7, Everwild, Blade, OD, State of Decay 3, uh, The Outer Worlds 2, Clockwork Revolution, South of Midnight, Forza Horizon 6. What would be the three that you would guarantee would come first? I mean, these the my three games would be games that obviously I'd want, but I, I also think these are games that Xbox desperately needs to come out and be incredible. And that's the, the pillars, man. Gear 6, give me some of that. Give me Halo 7. Uh, mm. off rip and then this is a me thing give me blade i want to see what they're doing with that xbox is mm. a huge ip uh and i love that studio arcane so if if they can get their shit together and make something uh as incredible as i think that they can then those those three games coming out first would be like bangers i think that would be like what xbox would definitely need how about you, man? What I, do you got? I, I didn't. I didn't think you'd pick Blade. I'm kind of surprised about that. Well, I, I mean, I know you. I know you're an arcane guy, so I get yeah. that point of it. But man, I'm looking well, at I, this list. I'm like, hmm. No I fame? just think a no. lot of the elements that Arcane does when it comes to their games really lends itself to a Blade game. And if they can polish it, uh. Uh, if they can do something with that art style, if they can do something for Marco with the with the uh, control schemes and 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 the how do you call it uh, that you the have sensitivity, yeah, the sensitivity, and the input, delay, yeah. Uh, input delay, all that stuff. I I honestly think that with that IP having a Marvel IP on their back, that would be like a huge hit for them and something that would desperately need more than anything else mm. on the list. Uh, it just so happens that I'm a huge fan of, of, of the franchise of the developer and, and what they do. So it kind of works out for me. How about you? I mean, what game, what game did you think I was going to pick? Cause you kind of knew gears. I, and I was going to say fable. I okay. was going to say fable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, been there. I, done thought that. When you th- I thought when you said pillar, you were going to probably say fable since it's got, you know, the long lineage, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, right, you know. but I mean, I, with Fable, that's kind of a known commodity to me. I don't know if they're going to go outside of the realm of what we know Fable is. And I, I, that's a welcome thing for me. I'm, I'm okay with seeing more Fable, but I would like to see something that we haven't seen yet, you know, gotcha. come out sooner. Okay. Yeah, so so my list is, um, I got Gear 6, for sure. For need to sure. Some gears. It's time. I got Perfect Dark in this one. That's um, a good one. 
I want to see what's going on with this one, man. I think this needs to come out. I think this would be a really interesting shot in the arm for Xbox if this comes out and they actually get it right. Um, so prioritizing this would be like a, a really good thing in my brain. And I actually got to go with Hideo Kojima with OD. I, oh. I think that I think that having something weird and experimental be like a um you know kind of a flagship experience for xbox would be really cool so you know granted that it turns out to be a really good concept you don't know what exactly it is just yet but i would love to see kind of this game come out be a like a big like kind of like oh wow this is really cool that xbox managed to get a game like this whatever the this is that makes right. it what it is but i think that'd be dope i think that the you know i don't i don't knock you for the like going with the kind of core pillar sort of principle because i mm-hmm. do think that that is you know in terms of stability and like the the old reliable kind of thing it makes perfect sense but i want to see them kind of go a little bit further in left field and, and kind of oh. surprise and delight with a, with a good reboot of, of Perfect Dark, a really like weird avant-garde kind of game from Kojima. And then, of course, you know, having at least one of those pillars in Gear 6 there to represent the, the legacy of Xbox the way yeah, that I, I think it needs. I think in theory, your way of going about it would would be best, but I, I don't trust Xbox. We, I've talked about this on Twitter, on this show. Everything they drop has caveats. And the things mm. that I know that won't have a caveat, hopefully, are the Gears, Halo, and then whatever, you know, whatever Arcane does. I, that's just kind of like the safe bets. Those are games that I definitely want. They just so happen to also be safe bets because it, it, it's I, I'm so tired of the caveat to something happening here. This game being smaller than it should have been. This game not being what we thought it was. This game not performing the way we thought it was going to be technically. It's like there's too many things going on where I'm like, I, I'm tired of this shit. Just give me something mm. that I know is going to be good. Give me Gear 6. Uh, that'll hold me yeah. down for a while. That's kind of where I'm at, too. So I, the, I'm, I'm also kind of just kind of sick of Xbox shit, to be quite honest <laughs> with you. Uh, just kind of yeah. all this compounding stuff is just like weighing me down. Down with, in terms of my Xbox fandom, I'm like, oh my god! Oh, I get it, dude. I get it. We have a lot to talk about with uh, Xbox this week. Of course, we have. Uh, we're issuing a state of Xbox address later on in the main event of the show. So if you're kind of intrigued about some of the little things that, that Pablo just kind of rattled off about his sentiments towards Xbox, we have a lot more to say. It's not going to be exclusively negative. We are going to kind of give some flowers out where they're deserved, but uh, we are going to kind of unpack the the state of Xbox as, as best we can, uh, according to our interpretations, of course. Yeah. But lots of other things to talk about. New games we're playing, some interesting headlines to get into. So Pablo, let's uh, go ahead and get started with the show uh, with the first segment that we call Loadouts. All Nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, man. So we got some new stuff going on uh, to talk about this week. Uh, very interesting, eclectic little list we have here. Uh, and we're going to start with uh, a new uh, release that just dropped on PC and PlayStation 5, and that is Helldivers 2. Um, Helldivers 2 is uh, kind of doing its thing right now, uh, to say the least. Uh, In its first weekend uh, since launch, it reached over 150,000 concurrent players on Steam, which is a record for PlayStation. Um, Their CEO actually just shared that the game has already sold about a million copies so far, and that it is a 50-50 split, uh, just about between PS5 sales and Steam sales. So uh, first and foremost, congrats to them. They seem to definitely have something on their hands that's... uh, you know, 
taking uh you know taking the the live service thing and kind of doing something that's actually interesting to people so uh that's great to see but obviously uh we're both you know kind of you know skeptics of the live service stuff so i think it'd be interesting uh, now that we've both played helldivers 2 to kind of weigh in and talk about our early experiences so far and kind of where we're at so uh let me give you the floor pablo uh tell me what you think of helldivers 2 so far yeah i mean i i honestly think that uh this was it'll go down for me as a big surprise of the year. I I think that one of the things going into this year that we had no faith in uh, was Helldivers 2, just because of (laughs) of what it is. You know, it is a game as service. It is one of these games that works best when you play with friends or or with people online. And that's not exactly a a Marco and Pablo type of game all the time. So, you know, I think our our skepticism was, was in the right place. It's just, you know, we like to give games a chance and Marco decided to, that this was something that could interest him just based on the things he saw and then I'm like you know what it does look pretty good I kind of put my uh my problems with it aside and, and because it's cheap I tried it out and I'm this game is fun as hell bro I, I again I I go back to that there's something to be said about a game just being purely fun and this is exactly what this game is it is an absolute blast to play I think the gameplay mechanics are really solid I think that the conceit around the game and the execution of those ideas are great i think that they have a really they have down the 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 time of play down to a science i think it doesn't overstay its welcome it doesn't feel like nothing it you're in there and you're you're in a mission you're in and out and you're ready to play another one and it just never feels like oh another one of these things it never feels like it's 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 doing too much it's doing always the right amount of good and it's it's perfect i I think that's that's a testament to the developers i think that when they can get that time down when they can get when when a match can last a specific amount of minutes to the point where you stay entertained throughout and there's no lulls in between i i I think they've nailed that in a way that other other games wish that they can nail and i and i'm i'm enjoying it man the the attention to detail in this game is really what's getting to me like uh, you just playing with marco the other day i was like kind of just grinning from ear to ear because i'm i'm shooting i'm holding a position down and i'm i'm shooting with this machine gun at this horde of enemies coming towards me and i'm just i have the trigger button down and as the bullets keep flying out my character says something corny to the likes of come get some or something like that (laughs) and that's just based on the fact since i had my trigger finger down and i was shooting all these things like it's it's just those little things like that where it's like oh man this this is this is exactly what i needed uh the whole kind of thing people are saying this is a starship troopers game you always kind of wanted uh it does it does evoke a lot of that even from the presentation standpoint so i i I am fully completely surprised by what this game is, is doing i love it you can see by 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 steam charts and all that stuff that it is people are responding to it now I will say that when you look at the Steam charts and you compare it to the likes of, let's say, Destiny 2, which had at a peak $382,000, uh, 382,000 people playing it, uh, I think that when you look at what uh, what uh, Helldivers 2 is doing, I don't know if it's going to be able to maintain that that kind of level of interest. I hope it does, but as it stands right now, I, what I'm hoping is that Sony doesn't take from this success in the game as service uh, sector and double down. 
I hope that they see that a developer was given time to make a really good game and it just so happens to have those games as service elements, but that's not what drives the game. What drives the game is the gameplay mechanics, the quality of the game, and how fun it is to play. And I hope that that's something that they bring to the table, they understand that, and if they're going to continue with games as services, that they're what they, they represent what this game is, that they're, it, they copy this formula. They don't just copy the, the success rate of it and try to make another one of those to make the X amount of money. I just hope that they, they learn the right lessons from this, and I hope they do. Marco, how about you? I know you're enjoying it as well. Yeah, man, it was interesting because the the uh, the the first announcement of this game really turned me off, and then they did that thing during the state of play where they like had developers playing together and they were pretending <laughs> to kind of talk the, the squad talk kind of thing. And what was funny was when you you and me were playing uh, the other night, and we were kind of talking to each other. I had this moment where I'm like, we're doing the exact same thing that they were doing in that it was uh that demonstration. So it was funny to see that it's actually like kind of accurate. It you was know? 30 seconds into us playing. We were all already in the watch your left. I got yeah. your back. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. That's great. I think I think that's what I love about the game so far though is it is a very um it is. It, it requires a lot of cooperation and, and kind of coordinating. It's not to say you can't play effectively with randoms, but um, there is a lot of like, okay, I'm going to go here, watch out for this, because there's a lot of things the game does through its mechanics that really keep the pressure on. Like, it doesn't automatically reload your weapon for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's friendly fire enabled. So there, it leaves a lot of really interesting moments of, like, of, of either pressure or, like, opportunities for something hilarious to happen. Where it's getting nuts, you throw a grenade, oh, crap, I forgot to tell them that mm-hmm. I threw it over there, and now my, you know, they're dead, and now I have to call in reinforcements. And then you do the stratagem thing, which is, like, the special moves and stuff, but you have to do these little, like, arrow or D-pad, like, combination QTEs almost yeah, yeah 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 and it just it just ramps up that tension but in a fun way that doesn't feel obnoxious or annoying but just it just feels really gratifying um i'm with you about the the mission length i think it's perfect so far at least from the difficulties that i've tried um i'm really interested to see how things kind of ramp up in higher difficulties when and when there's there's additional like side objectives you can do along with the main objectives what that kind of does to change things up um but i i really really enjoy it from a gameplay standpoint it mechanically feels very good shooting feels good i love the toggle between third person and first person comes off really well um everything kind of makes sense um with everything you know as far as how it feels um i i actually you know and i've been on the show and i've been adamant about like i I don't play games for laughs i don't really do the humor thing too often with games but um i will say like i had a miserable week (laughs) It was just bad. My daughter got sick really bad. Then it, then she got doubly sick, and it was just a lot going on around mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, I I just need something to kind of lighten my mood a little bit. And this game came up clutch for me with moments like the one you mentioned. With the one-liners are really funny. They are intentionally corny. They are really hilarious. Um, and I, I do think that they make the world feel, um, you know, believable, but not to the point where it's like taking itself seriously, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I really like that balance that it strikes there. Um, I really don't have a lot of gripes with it so far. You know, I, I want to kind of put it through its paces a little bit more uh, over the next week or so and, and really see kind of 
how they keep things interesting. They're doing something very unique with like almost like Left 4 Dead did with having that like director kind of thing in the yeah. background where they throw variables at you in real time. So the developers are, are, are really kind of leaning into that a lot is like, OK, this is what's going to maybe keep you uh, from feeling bored. Because we'll throw curveballs at you, we're playing the game with you. We're gonna we're gonna keep you on your toes. Yeah. Um, so I like that part of it. The last thing I'll say is, um, as far as how this fits in with like you know Sony's live service strategy and whatnot, I think what's interesting about Helldivers too is it doesn't come across as a game that is trying to be essentially like a lifestyle kind of game where right. every day you just have to play. You know, I don't think it's trying to be that. I think what they're they're really kind of playing the long game in a different way than the Apexes and Fortnites of the world are doing, Warzone, so on, in that I, I, what they seem to be doing is they're looking at this game from like a standpoint of this is a war between us and the aliens, and you can kind of come back anytime you want. We'll give you an update about the state of the war, which planets are fully liberated, which ones are not, what, what else is happening that's new and different, so that it's a game that I can see myself keeping installed and then coming back to every, you know, every month or two, so on. 100%. Just to kind of see what's going on. What's the state of the war look like now? Yeah. You know, and then participate as I want to and then, you know, drop out and do other stuff, come back, you know. So I, I like that feeling of it so far. Yeah. Paul Tassie from Forbes uh, tweeted something out that I, I think resonated with me in terms of like the future of life service games. He said that. What makes Helldivers 2 special or stand out is that it never it didn't release with the expiration date, meaning nobody announced this is a 10-year game, a five-year game, and this is just a game a that it's point. going to last as long as it lasts. And if it ends up in a couple of years from now that it's no longer being supported, then so be it. They had the success that they were looking for very early on. So like, it's not a game that Sony is, is, is kind of leaning on to make them their next destiny. It's just a good game that happens to have those life service games, uh, things onto them. And I will say this, um, if Sony is going to go forward with, with, with what they've always said that they wanted to do, but it's in this style where they're not trying to replicate or not trying to be the next Fortnite or something of that sort, then I'm okay with it because these games have, uh, they can be good. You know, it's they're, they're, they're not just all bad just because of what the they have that life service stigma attached to it. That's so true. I, I, I'm good with that, but we'll see what that holds. But yeah, I, I did like that uh, that kind of tweet by Paul Tassi just because it's true. If next year, let's say one year from now, this game is kind of dead, that would suck, but they had a really good year and it was it wasn't a game that was necessarily hinging on on, on this great success. But I, I I in terms of gripes, I don't have any either. Um, I got it like you said. It really just it depends on the developer and how they decide they're going to, um, uh, going to support this game in the future. So we'll, we'll see what happens yeah. there. But uh, so far, the core of the game is 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 really fucking good. It's, <laughs> it's solid, really yeah. good. Yeah. And 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 they are um about to unveil their roadmap. They're kind of working on like the visuals of it, and then they're going to reveal that very soon. So for anybody who's like, well, we don't know what the roadmap's going to be, that they are planning that and plotting that as we speak. So I'm I'm glad yeah. to see that they actually have a plan together, and they're just you know about to they'll reveal it when they're ready. And I I 
after a launch like this, I kind of trust them. I'm, I'm going to give them some benefit of the doubt. Yeah. You know, um, they're taking me by surprise already. Why not? You know, surprise and delight me again with something special. This, uh, this game was a uh, came great. Uh, oh, yeah. The week that I that I that I decided to quit caffeine and nicotine and sugars <laughs> and all that stuff, this game really came in gl- clutch, like you said, and it lifted my spirits as well. So, yeah, man. All right. Well, I mean, look, you know, that's not the only game we've been kind of playing on our PS5s because we also got the demo of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Now, I want to immediately say we are going to keep this completely spoiler free. Um, full disclosure, I didn't really play a lot of the demo. I didn't really do any of the the, the things you can do in the game. I've, I've heard about some stuff, but I didn't really want to participate. I really just kind of wanted to get in, see how things felt, move around, get a feel for the presentation, the visuals, the story beats. You know, is, this, is, it, is it what I'm liking or is it not what I'm liking? And, and then I, I was done. Um, so I don't have a whole lot of details to begin with to say I about pl- this. But I played um, through it. I played through the whole thing. Okay, Twice. got it. Got it. So I'll kind of jump in first then. Um, I, you know, I think for me, the combat mechanics and I and the story are going to be fire. I have zero concerns about any of that. Um, I also like the exploration. I like kind of rom- roaming around the town and kind of seeing what's going on. So no issues there either. Um, the one thing that really took me by surprise as a negative is visually this game doesn't look amazing it's in some ways especially in performance mode which is very blurry uh for some weird reason it just kind of looks not good at all and in a way that makes the remake the first game of this of this trilogy look a little bit better um, in, in some respects. Now, I understand it's a much larger game. It's going more open world direction. So there's probably some concessions they have to make to kind of be able to pull all that off. And I understand that. Um, and I will say uh, along with that, that, that the graphics mode, which interestingly enough is the default setting in, in the game, it does bring a lot of that clarity and that sharpness and fidelity back. So I'll probably... I'll probably end up going that direction, to be honest, because as much as I love the extra frames, I want to like what I'm looking at, though. Um, and I just don't know if that's going to give me uh, too many, you know, issues playing performance mode, you know, all the way through and just not feeling like I'm getting a, a, a clean looking experience. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's it's that and, and a lot of the I mean, particularly indoors, a lot of the textures and the lighting and the shadows are kind of wonky. And I think it might be an Unreal Engine problem to some extent. Unreal Engine's really kind of getting on my nerves, and I hate to go into engine conversations now, but I, I feel like Unreal Engine is is starting to be the, the the engine that comes with a lot of caveats. There's a lot of little pop-in stuff going on, some textures and lighting look weird and off, and I, I'm seeing more games go through this, particularly in Unreal Engine 5. Um, I think this is 4, but it, it's still, there's just something off visually here that really took me by surprise in a way I wasn't expecting. So, um, that's probably my only concern, but it is a notable one because, I mean, you know, I want to like what I'm looking at, like I said earlier. But other than that, I, I'm still very much excited to play this thing. It is my most anticipated game of the year. I'd be shocked if it's not my game of the year in 2024. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely ready to get my hands on this thing. But let me kick it over to you, man. Talk to me. Yeah, just to, on the visual front, I, I will say that I'm also playing Integrate uh, the Intermission uh I've never played yeah. that, and I'm playing that. 
yeah, with Yuffie, and I'm, and I'm literally almost done with that. Um, and going back and forth between that and, and Resident Evil 7, I'm sorry, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth, <laughs> I can tell you without a doubt, there is a visual downgrade in the performance mode. Like, it's not even, uh, it's, it's not even close. Going into photo mode, it looks like Cloud is wearing a mask of Cloud. Like, like the face, the face details are so bad that it almost looks like it's someone's wearing a, a cloud mask for Halloween. Either like that that's or what, got Vaseline on his face. Yeah, it, 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 it's a weird thing. I'm not really a, a guy that that has an eye for that kind of stuff. I don't. I'm not sensitive to that or as sensitive as Marco is. But even though I, I even I noticed a little bit of the uh, of the downgrade there. Um, and I think that's because there are they are still using Unreal Engine four, but they are implementing that in a open world environment and adding a little bit more bells and whistles. And I think that that's fucking with the engine. <clears throat> they did say that they have Square Enix and and other developers literally in it right now, optimizing it to the best of their ability. So hopefully, when the game does come out at the end of the month, that we'll get something that's a little bit more polished. Because I try to switch back to, to graphics, and it it felt like a slideshow. Because if you're playing performance, there's no, there's, yeah. there's no motion blur either oh yeah well shit you know that's yeah. probably what it was yeah so mm-hmm. uh, so if if, if uh, i'll wait on and see like what marco says about when the game comes out if the performance is still bad looking then i'll start it in graphics that way i don't have to see that that downgrade from performance to graphics but other than that man i agreed with you 100 percent. the story elements the gameplay elements this game is going to be an absolute powerhouse of a game i love the the little interesting they're doing with story elements where uh, cloud is telling a story and you know there's certain things that happen and then it goes back to the team and they go oh did that really happen and you can actually say yes or, yes or no that shit is fucking fire like it's a, an extra added piece of narrative uh, uh storytelling that just it keeps adding to this incredible game that you know final fantasy 7 remake was already amazing so blowing this game out to a much bigger experience and then still having these narrative numbers gets in there that are really amazing and then seeing uh where, where cloud is from seeing that town fully realized in that 3d environment is absolutely amazing as well so it, it's um i i i don't have much to say because I, uh, everything else that i am glowing about and excited about that i was like on the edge of my seat is all narrative based so i'm not going to say anything based on that so to kind of wrap it up <laughs> i can't wait for this fucking game like it's just yeah. it, it's just i i don't know I can't even fathom in my head that there's going to be a game that comes out this year that's going to be anything better than what this game has to offer because that's I played that demo twice. I beat it twice. I don't, you know, that's not what I do and I've done and I did that back to back. It's just so good and it's it's so I I can't wait, man. I can't wait. It's mm-hmm. it's it's really about to be uh one of the best games to release this year probably to release this generation in my opinion. I hope it doesn't disappoint and we're out here uh like Final Fantasy 16, <laughs> you know. Uh but yeah. That that's where yeah. I'm at. So I, I can't wait for this game. Hopefully they, they figure out some of the visual stuff because that is that is overall a little bit disappointing. Not gonna lie, specifically since I'm actually seeing the difference between what fat remake is and what Rebirth has done graphically. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't want to have to feel like oh playing this game is better off on PS5 Pro. You know, like right. I want to have a competent experience now instead of right. having to wait for like the supreme upgrade that you know gives you all the fidelity and all the frames i want that now (laughs) you know yeah i think it's doable so hopefully they'll clean that up but yeah uh looking forward to it to say the least um real quick for me um my third and final game in my loadouts this week is actually tekken 8 so 
Um, not much of a fighting game guy, but I have history with, you know, the Mortal Kombats of the world, the Tekkens of the world, and Tekken in particular, you know, just being um, one of those franchises that was kind of a, a big part of the PlayStation nostalgia for me when I was a kid. Uh, the Tekken 2, Tekken 3 window of time was just something really unique and special for the genre. Um, so I've always had an eye on Tekken, even if I didn't play them all, you know. But Tekken 8 comes out, it's, you know, getting reviewed incredibly well, and a lot of people in the fighting game community are jumping all over it, like, this is this is actually really special, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I, I, I ended up, you know, getting it, and um, I have to say, you know, I, you know, you talk about Helldivers 2 being one of the biggest surprises for you already this year. I think for me, Tekken 8 is, for me, one of the biggest surprises um, I'll probably have this year. I am so invested in this game. It's 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 even weirding me out because I'm not that into fighting games like that. But there's just something about the it mechanics. Happens. There's something about the skill that you need. There's something about the way this game teaches you how to play. Um, it, it's really one of those games that that really masters the approachability aspect, but also the skill gap as well. So that um, it it's. It really shows you the ropes. It gets you feeling like you know what's going on. And that just sort of, I don't know, it creates momentum with me where it motivates me to kind of learn more. Okay, I want to find my main, my main. Like, who is that going to be? And, you know, I did my experimentation and I found who I want to main and it's Dragunov. Um, and it's just been a blast to kind of learn the moves, get to get a feel for the movement and everything like that. I'm going online. I'm handling my business right now. I'm actually doing my thing online. I'm, I'm, I'm moving up the ranks really well. Um, I'm, I'm beating, you know, some players that are pretty skilled. I'm not saying I'm great by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't know. There's just something that, that, that this game has going for it um, with all of its pieces and components that, that just clicks. Um, you couple that with um, its, its signature storytelling, which is a combination of, silliness wackiness uh, dragon ball z and you know weird melodrama it still figures out a way to make all those four weird things work uh you know in, in a way that I, I i really you know admire and love about this series um and it's just got a lot of things in terms of feature sets man uh the story mode of course they have two story modes they have one that's kind of like set up as more of a tutorial story mode uh and then they have like the the, the canon, you know, the lore-driven story mode. Um, they have individual stories uh, for each character, so you get, like, distinct endings for everybody. So, uh, online question. stuff. Yeah, go ahead. So, based on the, the, the single-player campaign stuff, is it as involved as, like, a Mortal Kombat? It's, it's, it's framed in a very similar way in that it's, like, over-the-top cinematics that transition seamlessly into the fight. And then nope. back into the over-the-top cinematics. Um, the, the demo is still available uh, for anybody who's kind of intrigued as a casual like me to go try it out and kind of see if it's if it's got anything that that interests you. It gives you a full rundown of the history of Tekken's story. It has like every this is the story of Tekken One. This is the story of Tekken Two, and you can get fully caught up if you're not familiar, uh, which is what I had to do. It's got all kinds. It's got customization for days. Uh, the characters have a lot of different clothes options. And and stuff like that which is really fun um, customization is really taking off with the community as well so it's been cool to go online and see how people are decking out their characters it's it's got really good training stuff too uh it's it uses ai 
in a really interesting way where you can kind of save a fight that you lose and then you can go back, watch the fight, and then this this system will tell you it'll like stop the fight and go, right here, you should have did this instead of that. Like it'll give you suggestions to oh, shit. like okay, That's next awesome. time that something like that happens, yeah. So you can save like ghosts of like if I play against Pablo, I can save an AI version of Pablo's fighting style and I can go up against him and then, you know, I can, I can learn how to be better than him, which usually isn't that hard to do. The AI is going to be like chaos. I can't compute pure <laughs> chaos. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, uh, it, it's, it's really blowing me away. It really is. Um, and, and I don't get that hyped about fighting games. Um, like I said, I'm casual McGee, but this is just compelling me in a, almost in a weird, like, souls-like kind of way to like keep getting better keep kind of going to the lab and training and figuring out okay what's my what's my style what's my way and it's just super fulfilling so i i highly recommend it to anybody uh honestly and uh i'm not sure if it'd be something you'd be interested in pablo but i, well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't i would i wouldn't, I wouldn't I would, mind seeing you circle back to it at some point maybe when it's cheap yeah. to see if it does something for you but you might yeah, be surprised might try. it's it's pretty good I might try it down the line. I just can't get I can't get in, involved into any other games right now because of like I'm still playing like a dragon, which is oh yeah yeah well, yeah. And, right now and, you're kind of stacked, yeah. Yeah, I like a dragon, and I got and I, and I have this game coming up now with with uh, rebirth. So, uh, but I I did I did find some time. Are, are you are you done with your? Oh yeah, no, you're, you're good. yeah you yeah because I did got. find some time to 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 play kill the Justice League. Um, but before I get into that, real quick. Quick update on Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, loving it. Chapter 9 ending just happened, and uh, holy shit, that's all I said. Anyway, moving on. Um, uh, Here we go. Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. I don't want to kind of sit here and kind of beat a dead horse. Um, But what I will keep it short and concise, and what I'll say is the conversation behind this game has since died down, but it was to a point uh, pretty insufferable. Uh, people were losing their minds that a game that bared the name Kill the Justice League was killing the Justice League. Uh, I thought that was a ridiculous uh, complaint. And once you see what is actually happening, there is really no reason to be complaining about what's happening uh, with the game itself. Let me say this. For the game itself, it's an inoffensive game that just becomes an absolute snooze fest it's it has one of the best openings of a superhero game that i have ever played bar none it's just an incredible uh you know opening with with cinematics gameplay that you're like holy shit this is this is going to be awesome what the hell are people talking about and then it has the biggest drop off to being something remedial at best that Mm. i've ever seen in my entire life because uh even though it is graphically impressive and it does all these incredible things with facial animations, the tedious, repetitive level design and quest objectives take front and center. You get a really cool CGI thing that's pushing the story forward and everything you do in between between that and to the next story beat, absolute nonsense. That doesn't make sense as to why you're doing it. They try to give you an objective. Yeah, you got to get your weapons a little more powerful so you can beat the, uh, the, the Justice League. But... What you do isn't different from another objective that they want you to do, like go to the penguin and, and get this. Like all this stuff is just 
it's it, it doesn't make sense. It feels like they had five, maybe four quests, and they plugged them in between each of those little huge story moments, which are very <laughs> good story moments. But it's just the looting sucks. Nothing really impressive or cool comes from the looting. You get maybe a marginally better gun. Maybe, but the game is so easy anyway that it doesn't really fucking matter. And anything that's like aesthetically new and cool, it's all relegated to buying it off the store. It does have some of the deepest, coolest DC lore ever. They take some chances. They 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 evoke the names of of, of heroes and situations that you've only seen. There is a history there from the Arkham uh, Arkham games that has come over, and it's and it's and it's. And it's the basis of what the, where this game is, but that's all thrown away for the for the for the looter shooter thing. But it, that's not interesting. Look at Helldivers Two. Helldivers Two found a way to make that made a, a game as service interesting. This game is like almost intentionally trying to make it boring. Like I don't understand how Rocksteady, and I don't believe any part of me that Rocksteady worked on this for eight plus years, and then we're like, yeah, this is what we want. There's no mm. fucking way. There's just no way that that's the case and people are like well you know the game of service let the game kind of cook let, let, I, we talked about the, the the delusional shit gamers say cook <laughs> what you can't turn shit into into wagyu steak it's just it's not gonna happen for them it's, it's it, it doesn't it, you gotta be it, wagyu it, because it's delicious, uh, it is delicious. But I, I'll tell you what man it's just it's so disappointing because this game has potential don't let people tell you that this game is just a throwaway thing that they, they put no thought. There, are, there there was a thought process put into the narrative. There is passion behind what this game was trying to do. Absolutely. But completely, absolutely squandered because they wanted to implement those game-as-service elements, which is 90% of the game, and it's 90% boring. So I, I'm completely confused by this game i don't understand who this game is for because it's not even a good game that service um I, it, it's a huge disappointment honestly i thought i would come in here and be like oh this game sucks haha <laughs> everybody's right i'm actually i come I'm, i came out of it disappointed because it has a great ideas great opening great little mm. story moments and then it's just completely thrown away i think all the performances from all the um all the suicide squad members are really good funny they're actually funny honestly i think they have really cool uh story uh little lines that they throw out it, it, it's irreverent you know it's there's cursing it's 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 like a really mature take on, on on the DC stuff, and I and I love it for it, but it just doesn't it just doesn't uh, come to anything, unfortunately. So, mm, uh, unfortunately, guys, I I, it's not, I can't recommend this game to anybody, even if you're a DC fan. I just watch the cutscenes, just just do that, honestly, uh, because that's 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 where you're gonna get all your enjoyment. Uh, but what a disappointment! A game that I knew was gonna be bad, playing it and then feeling, man, this could have been great, and then coming out the other end disappointed, which is like it's a weird kind of process that I had to go through. But it, it is what it is. It sucks, unfortunately. Yeah, man. I hate to say it, but it just it seemed like this was going to happen, you know, no matter what. The writing was on the wall for a long yep. time that things were just not going well over at Rocksteady. And yeah, here we are. Yeah, it just kind of came true. And that's just really unfortunate that they couldn't kind of um, right the ship enough. Um, I'm glad yeah. it has some redeeming qualities to it. But yeah, overall, um, live service games are already hard to kind of get off the ground and, and make successful as it is. You, you can't launch in that kind of state I, and hope to have a lot of um, a lot of people stick around. It's just not going to happen. 
Oracle, they could have they could have made this their get Guardians of the Galaxy if they would have focused on the narrative of it and the story because yeah. it, it it plays similarly to it in terms of like the banter and even the story stuff. They really could have knocked it out the park if they would have extrapolated all that game as service bullshit right out the window and just concentrated on a narrative driven game this would have been an absolute fucking banger i i guarantee that uh but yeah that sucks well, file it in the same bin as gotham knights and yeah. move on i guess I, I don't know i think gotham knights is a better game honestly mm, okay yeah. yeah all right well look man that's gonna do it for loadouts this week it's time to get into the new segment of the show that we call Hit Points. Let's go. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right, so uh, if you're sticking around for the Xbox segment, uh, just a little bit longer to go on that, but we do have a couple of quick uh, news items to go over before we jump into that. And I want to start with some some more live service talk uh, because we're going to be talking about Ubisoft's upcoming live service pirate game Skull and Bones, which finally launches this week after over six delays maybe almost almost a decade of development yeah maybe um but uh yes it's coming soon it's 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 about to 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 be upon us but not without one final flub before their big day because in a recent interview with ubisoft ceo isguimont uh he addressed why they are charging 70 dollars for skull and bones instead of simply broadening the player base as more of a free-to-play experience, uh, stating, quote, it is a really full quadruple A game that will deliver in the long run, end quote. So there you have it, Pablo. (laughs) Uh, We have the world's very first quadruple A live service game upon us. So uh, look, man, when you, you think about this quote, and just the whole development story or fiasco of Skull and Bones as a whole. Uh, what are your quick takeaways here? And, and what percent of a chance do you give this game to actually be good? Yeah, 1%. Um, <laughs> in terms of it, this is just Eve's trying to get people to come by this game and he's trying to hype it up this quadruple a experience oh my god you guys don't believe it it's going to be big massive supported for many many jeers um that's how you would say it uh you know it's just it's just one of these things where they are so they're trying so hard to make this thing a thing that it's almost it's almost embarrassing no it is embarrassing for them i mean i i nothing about this game i i i i saw a whole thing about the game in terms of its history in terms of development it was an open world game then it became kind of like a 4v4 game it's gone through so many iterations and i don't know what it, they ended up doing here but in terms of everything i've seen from the game in terms of of the expectations that we have and and what they want us to believe this game is I don't believe any of it. I think it's all fugazi. It's all a front. <laughs> they're all trying to get their. That's why seventy bucks because they're they they they're not going to rely. Because if they, the thing is, his his comments make no sense. Because if this game was going to be incredible, quadruple A experience that's going to be supported for years and years to come, then why have a seventy dollar entry point if you're going if this game is going to guarantee you to be an incredible experience? It, it, it's the opposite. They're trying to get the most money that they possibly can at seventy dollars in that first week before it drops a seven cents on Xbox <laughs> and PlayStation because they know they know that what they have on their hands. That that, that 
I have no other reason to believe that other than de- development hell, the fact that they're copping for it, they're capping for it so hard right now. It, it's this has this has those writings all on the wall. This is going to be an absolute utter disaster, and they're going to get some people. They're going to get some whales for the seventy dollars, and there probably is a hundred and twenty dollar uh, option, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes with a whole ass boat for you to 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 have in your backyard or something. Uh, <laughs> but I I I don't know, man. This is just it's bizarre that he would say quadruple A. And say all these things about the game as a way to defend a seventy dollar price uh, uh, price point. Like I don't want to pay for your fucking redundancies. I'm, why am I paying? Because you spent ten years in, in development hell. You know, like that's ridiculous. Absolute shit show. Yeah, I mean, like when is the last time anybody ever said quadruple A and it didn't blow up in their face? You know? Perfect dark. Like, yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. So it's like, will people stop saying that and expecting us to go? Oh shit. Yo, everything yeah. I thought I knew about Skull and Bones, bro, gone. <laughs> you know, because now I found out it's got four A's. I got an um, additional A. Yeah. The, look, man, the reality is this. Um, I think Izgimont thinks he is some kind of like major voice in the gaming community or something. To be able to say that and think that, oh, that's that's going to tip the scale. That's going to do it. That's gonna get people to go. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, what do you think? What do you think of yourself to do that for a game that has been delayed five, six, seven times, or something like that? Has been in development for you know almost a full ten years. There's all kinds of questions about like what what are you guys even doing with this thing? Um, it was even like considered to be canceled, you know, at some point. I think if I'm not mistaken. And you want to come out from all that and say no? Actually, this has been a trip uh, quadruple A game the whole time. Like when I think quadruple A, yeah. if I'm going to give that to de- designation to anybody, that's going to probably be Rockstar with GTA Six. That's right. that's probably the one quadruple A thing. This ain't that, man. This is a uh, this is hey, Sea of Thieves is running its course now. Time for us to take over. That's not quadruple A anything in any context in any respect. So, I think you're right about the you know just the weird nonsensical justification of 70 bucks and you're right also i think about just kind of capitalizing on that first couple weeks of sales and then all of a sudden you're going to see it drop down to you know 60 bucks and then 50 bucks and then it's going to be going for two doubloons um that's a pirate (laughs) reference um as far as the percentage of the chance this game could actually be good you know look if i'm being generous i'll say maybe 15 percent you know, yep. maybe there's some good stuff that, you know, mechanically works. Yeah, the, the water's going to water nicely or something like that. And maybe the ship mechanics will feel cool. But I, I, I think that ultimately um, it's going to come down to how they try to abuse the live service component, which we're, I'm sure they will. Um, I'm also sure there's probably going to be a lot of repetition and a lot of just kind of, all right, well, I don't know what to do. This is kind of kind of getting boring now kind of vibe. And I, I just don't think they have a lot of really cool and original things that they've shown at any juncture about this game. So I'm, I don't think it's going to play terrible. I just think that what's what's going to be built around the mechanics is probably going to be terrible. So, yeah. But, when uh, you're relying on a government entity, Singapore has is helping to keep this game afloat. They have a contract to the whole ass country 
to, to, to deliver this game, they're they're in some dire straits. They need some help. They're going to Singapore to get some money? Like, that's crazy, <laughs> ho. Like, I ain't never seen that before. That's, How that's, desperate is it going to get? They're going to yeah. ask my mama for $20. Let me hold 20 I'm saying. Hey, look, I, I, I got a robocall. It's like robocall from Easy Gamer. Like, uh, he's like, hey, how you doing? Please give me some money. Like, this guy is the most. Quadruple. He, <laughs> quadruple. He is the most, like, he, he has no sense of self. He doesn't understand how. He, he, how what people see him. he's a pariah like that, that's that's how people see him and yeah, it's insane some, that he thinks he's gonna come out and be like i got these guys let me help sell your game like that's it's yeah. it's insane i 70 dollar game as service I, I don't understand i don't understand that that sentence that i came out of my mouth and and believe me i say a lot of weird shit and i still don't get what i just said you yeah know? so <laughs> he's right on both fronts mm-hmm, um, that's right pablo you have uh our second uh news item so why don't you go ahead and walk us through that one yeah, well, according to Insider Gaming, this year's rumored Call of Duty game, which is Call of Duty Black Ops Golf War, will have a fully open world map for its campaign. Apparently, this open world is built from the ground up, which is unlike uh, Modern Warfare 3, which uh, had uh, reused assets from all previous games. They also mentioned that this gameplay is interesting enough closer to Far Cry than, uh, than anything we've seen before in any previous Call of Duty entry. Golf War will also have vehicles you can use to get around the map, and it has a open world, um, has open world, uh, has sorry, fast travel, which is a thing that most open world games have, so it looks like it's a pretty big world. Though it remains unclear as to what the scope of the world is, per se, sources have confirmed Insider Gaming that uh, linear missions will still be uh, part of the game and integrated in the game as well. So, what are your thoughts uh, on this? Is this like the next natural progression for a Call of Duty game? And does the notion of it being more like Far Cry than Call of Duty make you feel good, bad, or, or indifferent? Um, I, I don't know how controversial this answer is going to be, but it actually kind of gets me a little excited. Same. Um, I, I think that it's time for Call of Duty to kind of figure out a new path forward with campaigns to begin with. I know that a lot of people didn't like Modern Warfare 3's open format. I actually enjoyed it because I saw the potential and what it could be when it's more of an investment, you know, developmentally speaking, and not just kind of like, here, let's kind of scrounge together some things you've seen us you know asset wise from other games let's take a little bit of the war zone energy and let's just make something happen there um if it's something more robust if it's something more fleshed out and well thought out um i I don't have much of a problem with this i think it'd be interesting to see what they do there um and and how they kind of give a little bit more um of an excited, you know, just just new energy to, to the series. I, I really like the Black Ops franchise. It's my favorite out of all of them. Um, I think that, you know, Cold War was the last one that came out and you and me mm-hmm. were both like really hardcore into that. Absolutely. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's I think it's time for them to kind of get a little weird, a little kinky, you know, hey. the formula, um, try some new things out um, and, and just kind of see where it goes, you know, like. I think the, the the campaign conundrum for Call of Duty is something that they really have to solve. Um, so if it means kind of doing a little sharp left turn and trying something that's very Far Cry-like, then I say go for it. I think they can do a lot with that. I think one one underrated strength that I think Call of Duty games tend to have is that, and this isn't across the board, but 
they tend to do pretty decent with villains sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Makarov in particular is like a really captivating villain, in my opinion, for, for the Modern Warfare series. And I think if they can figure out a way to kind of bring that kind of Far Cry element in, where you have that really charismatic, um, you know, villain that, you know, is sort of like, you know, takes kind of takes over the scene in that way. Like, I think that could be a really cool way to make people care instead of rushing right to the multiplayer and not even playing the campaign for a split second. So um, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Um, I'm, I'm open-minded to it, and I think it's time for them to do things like this and, and shake up the formula. What about you? Yeah, yeah. they've been flirting with this for a while, too, because they, they've had a lot of missions in previous games that have been really open in terms of tackling them any way you want to do that. So the fact that they went ground up, building a new map, and this is this game was has been one of the Call of Duty games that's been in development for the longest, I think four or five years or something like that, which is something that no other Call of Duty game has had the uh, had the ability or, or the pleasure of having for quite some time. So the fact that they've used that time to potentially try to rewrite what we know a Call of Duty campaign might be. I think that that's great. I think that's the one thing that as Call of Duty keeps happening, it's become it's still a phenomenon, it's still something. I think the thing that has suffered the most, to some people, they don't care, but people like me that do care, I think the thing that's been suffering the most is undoubtedly the single-player stuff. And I, I, I didn't like Modern Warfare 3's single-player stuff, not because it was open-ended, because it just felt... A lot like a mini war zone thing you know like it just that's kind of the 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 vibe i got from it uh and i saw the development in it like okay they definitely use these assets to make this so that wasn't great for me but the fact that they are very specific in saying hey this is from the ground up the fact that it has vehicles the fact that it has a fast travel system leads me to believe that this is a a pretty expansive uh open world so uh i'm all for it man i i wonder how I'm interested, curious as to what their take is on an open world game. And I know people hear Far Cry and they roll their eyes like, oh, more Far Cry. If they can put their own spin to it and it still feels very much Call of Duty with those Far Cry elements, I'm all game. And I think that this is exactly what this franchise needs in terms of the single player stuff. So uh, I'm I'm hoping that that I'm hoping that we get uh, I hope this works out, really, because I hope we get a a great classic Call of Duty campaign, which we haven't had one of those in quite some time. So, yeah, Yeah. I'm down for this for sure. Yeah, my only my only fear rather is I don't want the open world to be setting wise like the the typical dilapidated war torn Middle East. You know what I mean? Like I want them to get a little bit more creative there, Uh, even if it has to be like really on the nose with Far Cry and be like, uh, you know, an island or, you know, a jungle kind of setting or something like that. Um, I, I hope that they also keep the, um, the the timeline still like in the 80s or 90s or something like in the in the past and not like go well, if it's, like it, modern or whatever. Well, if it's Gulf War, it, it'll... Yeah, I, I know, but I, they do a lot of weird stuff with... Um, yeah. I don't know, like they they do alternate history stuff, so I don't know if they're gonna like jump around and and you know no, no, show the, you the, cause and effect kind of deals with time. The timeline stuff, stuff could be messed with, but I I will say now thinking about it, a lot of the Gulf War stuff is is very sandy and very des, des, uh, desert type stuff. So yeah, maybe that's, that's why they maybe that's why they're they they were able to do an open world kind of game in that a lot of the setting is just a lot of desert. I hope that's not the case, but yeah, it could be. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I don't want to get sand in my crack out here. <laughs> um, all right, man, look, uh, we are going to move on to the main event of the show. But before we do so, listen, just a friendly reminder 
that our show is not for everybody. We're not for console warriors, we're not for the easily triggered, and we're not for the close-minded. So you can appreciate that, and you like podcasts that do not pull punches, uh, we hope you consider subscribing to our show uh, wherever you like listening to podcasts. Uh, you might not always agree with us, but you can always trust our honesty. So feel free to join us if you're interested. If you're not, you're wrong for that, but it's all good. Um, now, <laughs> let's go ahead and move right on to the uh, main event of the show that we call the Checkpoint Chat. It's time for the Checkpoint Chat. All right, Pablo. So with so many headlines swirling about Xbox, we wanted to dedicate this week's Checkpoint Chat to having an honest and unfiltered conversation about Xbox as we currently know it. The good, the bad, and the lies. So um, I kind of want this to be a, a fairly organic conversational segment where, you know, I, I do have some some questions kind of queued up as more of like thought exercises that we can kind of use to leapfrog wherever we want to go. But I think in general, you know, I want this to be our sort of state of Xbox address as we see them with the gloves off, the truth being told and uh, the faint of heart being warned that we're going to go places here uh, that might be uncomfortable for the, 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 the super duper fan um, that, still may believe that Xbox can do no wrong. Um, but I will also say we're not going to just use this segment to outright shit on Xbox every chance we get. Um, there are pros and cons to the big three. Uh, Xbox has them. Same goes for PlayStation and Nintendo. So we are going to call this down the middle uh, in our assessment of Xbox. Um, and Pablo, I want to kind of start things off with um, you know uh, one of those thought exercises to see where we go from here. And I want to kind of put you in a hypothetical. Um, yeah. If someone that doesn't know anything about Xbox approaches you and asks you, what's it like being an Xbox fan? How do you answer that question? How would you respond to that? Yeah, I mean, that that's that's actually, in 2024, that's a complicated question to, to answer because, yeah. you know, my fandom wants to tell, oh, it's great. Here's a war, Halo, Forza, Western RPGs, all that stuff. You know, that's that's kind of what with what Xbox has built their entire brand off of. But the issue is, is all those games, with the exception of Gears, we'll see what Gear Six happens. They all come with caveats. They all have some level of 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 of. But it's not quite what you think it is, right? That, yes, this is a Western RPG, but it is a little bit on the smaller side. Like, there's a lot of things that's happening here, and it's hard to 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 talk about being an Xbox fan with any kind of positivity currently, just because you know what are you gonna say? Well, they're the the worst selling console in the market right now. Their first party output is was anemic. It is finally kind of pushing out some games, but those games aren't exactly the games we thought they were. Uh, you know, so all these things are happening with with Xbox, and it's just hard to even sit here and 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 give them an honest answer because what a part of me wants to say it's great because it does have a great library of games. Game Pass is fantastic. You know, saves you a lot of money. Has all these games that come out on the on it. You always have something to play, but. 
when you look at future proofing yourself in terms of what the future of that console is, there is no console in the market that has a murkier future than Xbox. You can't see anything outside of front that's outside of front of your face because they don't they're not clear in their vision. Uh, it's muddled right now. And so, if anybody were to ask me what's it like being an Xbox fan right now, I would honestly have to say it's not great. It's it's not <laughs> it's not. It's not where I want to be. It's not where I want the the market or or Xbox to be currently because it's almost as if they don't know where they want to be. And and as a consumer, I can't get fully behind a company who is still trying to figure it out. And this isn't a small company. This is a multi-billion dollar company and you're just trying to still figure out your gaming division right smack that in the middle of a new console generation what are we doing so it's it, it's complicated uh how about you how i'm curious to see how you would respond to or how would you how you would answer this question specifically yeah you know we're not too far apart with our answers and a lot of the the things that i was going to touch on you already kind of did because it the way i would describe xbox you know or what it's like to be a fan of xbox is like it I would I would equate it to setting your relationship status to it's complicated because <laughs> it's um it's a highly confusing experience. The Xbox experience is confusing. It really is. And because it it is a lot of the well, we got this on the way, but then there's the, you know, the but at the end of it. So you're right on that front for sure. Um I would also describe it as exhausting because it's a lot of build up your hope build up your hope build up your hope one thing mm-hmm. goes right hey we're back never mind no we're not you know yeah. and it's just the, it's 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 climbing up the ladder and it feels like there's somebody waiting right at the top of the ladder that <laughs> mushes you in the face and pushes you back down and you climb back up because well i'm i i, I already own the ladder i got to get you side of it i got to get up there and it's, so it just it kind of feels like <laughs> being a fan of Xbox is like it almost feels like you're, you you kind of have to 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 climb that ladder and get knocked down again to feel like you're getting some use out of the Xbox experience sometimes. It's like you know I mean? it's like watching a ladder match and seeing the guy have a perfect uh, a- access to the briefcase and he gets to the top and weirdly enough he forgets how to climb a goddamn ladder. <laughs> It's like why are you why are you not climbing that ladder like a regular person? It's give give it's the just, other people the opportunity to catch up. That's what Xbox yeah. is in a nutshell. Yeah, and it it is it is like watching a company dance around rakes. Like, oh, look at those moves. Wow, look at that spin. <laughs> look at that. Bam! Right in the head. Concussion. <laughs> and it's like and then they, they kind of get up, they you know, they they clutch their head and they go, Wow, that really hurt. Oh, I'm sorry. That was, that was embarrassing, guys. I didn't mean to, you know, embarrass my friend. And they just get right back to, you know, shuffling and doing more moves. <laughs> and then we're right back to the same thing. So it's a lot of, uh, it's also being a fan of Xbox is 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 a lot of like watching history repeat itself yep. over and over and over again. And waiting for that moment to come where they break the the pattern. And they finally go where you've you've waited for them to go. You know, like you, you yeah. all the waiting and like, okay, well, next year comes and, or, okay, well, it wasn't this year. So when next year comes, then it's going to be blah, 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 blah. And it's just that perpetual waiting game. Um, so it is like also like being in a waiting room in perpetuity, right? Yeah. You're waiting for no, you really seeing everybody get called in and you're just kind of sitting there going, all right, I don't know that my appointment was at one, <laughs> you know, it's that <laughs> feeling, right? So I think to kind of, you know, launch into more, 
granular things, more specifics, or maybe just kind of, you know, locking it into like one central theme, Pablo, go wherever you want with this. But I kind of want to ask you straight up, what's the biggest problem with Xbox? I think that their biggest problem is communication. There's too Mm. many cooks in the kitchen. Phil Spencer is the head of Xbox, but Microsoft CEO uh, is out here. He won't stop talking about Xbox and its potential future. You know, it, it dilutes Phil's message, Sarah's message, even Aaron Greenberg's message when they talk about where they want to see Xbox in the future because now you got the other guy, their boss, talking about, yeah, that's good, but we also want everybody to play all our games on everything. These certain, it's the miscommunication within uh, within this huge corporation where you think that that's the thing that they should have down packed because they are a $3 trillion company. They should know exactly where they're going next. And the fact that it is outright being played out in front of our faces that they don't really have a singular vision. And all that is coming from the lack of communication because there is no fucking way Phil Spencer should be able to come out and say what he says and then be completely cut off at the knees weeks later by somebody else in the company. It's like, are you guys even talking like what is happening? We're in, you know, not not to touch too much on rumors, but we're in the middle of, of a weird moment in Xbox history. And the guy who wouldn't shut up, Phil Spencer, nowhere to be found. He's not conversating. Why? I don't know why. But you know who's talking? Satya Nutella. Like he's he won't shut up. Like you know, it's 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 these constant things where it's like. Who are we listening to? Obviously, he's Phil's boss, but Phil should be and should know more about what's going on with Xbox. It's it's a huge issue, and, and, and it's the per- I think it's a perfect analogy. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Too many people want to pull uh, Xbox their way, wherever they think it's the best way in terms of uh, of of where the future of, of the platform is, and nobody knows. Because it's 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 being played out in front of our faces. Nobody actually knows what they want Xbox to be in the future, and I, I it's confusing to me. I, I without a doubt, its biggest problem is undoubtedly for me communication within the company and how they sparse out that information to us as a consumer. I just want to say real quick, um, you still. He's still saying Satya Nutella, and it's cracking me up <laughs> to know it is definitely Nutella's n- delicious. It's Nutella. You should change the name to Nutella, though. It sounds like a more. wafer. Yeah, it still <laughs> sounds like food, no matter what. Um, look, man, I think um, you make a lot of great points. I think you know Xbox is god awful at communicating. Um, I would argue they 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 talk too much. Um, mm-hmm. I think when you look at the contrast of Nintendo and PlayStation. We can be frustrated at PlayStation and Nintendo for being too quiet sometimes, and and I and I I've said that on the show too. I think there's a there's a happy medium somewhere between talking too much and not talking enough, and I think they all kind of have some work to do in that category. But Xbox's problem, since we're just talking about them today, is is really about just kind of writing checks that they don't cash. You know, like a lot of a lot of things. You know, with with all the third party stuff and what's going on here. I think that a lot of that comes down to really pulling receipts on them and going, you said this two years ago, you said this in 2021, you said this a couple months ago, and here we are hearing something totally different, or you're saying something totally different in an official capacity. I don't know which version of you to believe anymore. I don't know whether to listen to your CFO or whether to listen to Phil Spencer. I don't know whether to listen to Sarah Bond or whether to listen to Satya. 
I don't know whether to listen to Matt Booty or Aaron Greenberg. Like, I don't know who you want me to believe in, but all of them don't seem aligned on a damn thing. And that's problematic because it's bleeding into the public space. It's not just about, oh, there's a rumor that this is going on. It's beyond rumors at this point. It, we don't need rumors to see that you guys can't communicate right because everything you guys are saying is stepping on what the other person said before you. So you're right. It, it's, it's a massive problem. And that's why it makes it very difficult to, to make heads or tails about what they're doing, what they want Xbox to even be, how, what they have in mind for the future of, of gaming itself over the next five, 10 years. Like we just can't figure them out because they can't figure it out. And, and that's a huge issue. Yeah, and that lack of communication being played out in the public sphere. And, and then, you have these rumors, that combination can make a small rumor snowball into an uncontrollable narrative shifting scenario where it's like, because we, we know that you have miscommunication that it's easy for us to believe all these fucking rumors coming out because like, yeah, that's what they've kind of been saying though. Not really even saying. So it's like, it, it creates this confusion. So anything, any little kind of, uh, they could stoke that fire to, to an uncontrollable uh you know flaming pile of shit which is basically where we are right now it's just like you don't know who to believe you don't know what to believe and the people who should have the singular vision and communication and, and everything set they don't have it they they, they don't have it you know uh, yeah. you got phil spencer out here tweeting we hear you and we're listening like what are you talking about what are you hearing what are you listening to like what is it what exactly are, are did, that, does that even mean you know so there's a lot to be cleared up uh which things will be cleared up but that doesn't take away from the fact that communication is still an issue and talking a lot it doesn't mean good communication. You know, right. you can communicate things with saying less, which is probably the preferable way of doing things uh, in a in a business capacity. Because uh, you start talking your way around points, you start kind of misconstruing things, you start kind of double backing. There's a lot of stuff. And that's exactly what Xbox has been doing for the last couple of years, honestly. You know, yeah. and, and yeah. this is just where we're at right now. Yeah, you know, I think for me to answer the question, as far as what their biggest problem is, I, I think, technically speaking, I think you have the the like the best answer. But I want to throw in, I think that their biggest problem, or among the biggest, is they're having a really hard time making games that people want to buy an Xbox to play. That's been one of their biggest problems for at least over a, a decade now. What, um, what do you think that is? I think it's a lot of things, and that's why I think it's hard for them to to course correct right now. Because I think it's 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 about it is about mismanagement. I do think that's still a factor. I think it's going to be even more of a big factor because you have the Matt Booties of the world juggling a lot now um, when it comes to managing Bethesda and also you know kind of making sure that the you know Xbox Game Studios side of things is good as well. I think it, it's just. It's that it's I also think there's such a thing as giving too much freedom to studios. And I know that's not going to be popular, but it's great that they offer creative liberties so that a game like Pentiment can exist. But you have to also kind of keep in mind that you do need system sellers. You do need games that are going to be marketable. You can't market Pentiment. I don't care how great that game is. And some people adore that game. 
I can understand it. It's a, you know, it's a very unique game. It's not like very many things we've seen before, but that does not go on a sizzle reel for Xbox anywhere. Right. (laughs) And so that's, that's one part of it as well is yes, it's great that you give all these, you're very lenient and you want people to make their passion projects and that's great. And that's kumbaya and that's lovely. And I love that for developers, too. They don't feel like they, you know, the alternative is, you know, well, we're just going to become another Call of Duty support studio. Like, I, 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 I like that, but you have to keep that in check or else everything yeah. becomes artsy-fartsy and experimental and nothing really makes a difference software-wise. Which, which is fine if you're delivering on the big stuff, like you said, because you have right. grounded. All right, cool. You have Then Pentiment. you got a balance right, cool. of your portfolio. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. You had those two things, grounded Pentiment. Awesome. All right, here's the big thing, Avowed. Right. Riddle with caveats, right. you know, like it's smaller than you think it is. It only has two races, no relationships. It like, it's like, um, what? So like, we got we got two little games from you guys that you guys were like, these are just side projects, fun things for us to do, kind of stretch our legs creatively, and now we, we're giving you our big game, and it's like this almost feels like those games as well, like smaller. Yeah. Uh, th- think pieces in terms of like it's 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 really contained like i don't i don't i don't understand it either also i think what's happening is history you know xbox can't compete with the history of nintendo the zeldas the marios the donkey and 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 sony has established itself as being a narrative driven third person kind of over the shoulder type of studio making these amazing games so if xbox were to do that they'd be like they're just doing what sony does and they also have great ip sony does which xbox has a few, but they don't. They can't touch what what Sony has. So they they are fighting a lot of things, but they keep shooting themselves in the foot with 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 little things like like uh, the the mismanagement of Redfall, you know, the mismanagement of Halo Infinite, you know, and all these right, things yeah. were were seemingly the mismanagement of Avowed, you know. But uh, yeah, it's it's well, tough because there's so many things that that you feel obviously armchair developer mm-hmm. armchair publisher easy but like these things should be easy for xbox to kind of to to hit out the park and they're struggling with the most basic of things where it's like you guys don't know what people want to play you guys don't know where you want your systems to be you guys don't know what you see yourself in the future you don't know how far you want to take game pass you don't know where you're at in cloud gaming it's like so many question marks in every division of their of their gaming uh branch it's like yeah what the fuck? What is happening? Yeah, all while the basics are not happening. Like, Halo Infinite, you touched on that. That was supposed to be a launch title for the Xbox Series X and S. It was yep, literally the on up. the back of the box of the console. Yeah. It was there. And it was it went over so bad that they had to delay the game a year, and it still came out fucked up. So it's just these these errors where you're you're... It's great that you're excelling with the little small fry games like the Pentiments of the World. That's great. And I don't mean small fry in a derogatory way. Like I know that takes a lot of hard work, but I'm just saying, yeah. like it's a, it's a smaller scale game. It's not it's not what people are going to buy an Xbox for, and the things that people would buy an Xbox for, you are fucking up in real time and getting memed for it. You're getting literally memed for it, you know. And then they yeah. try the thing where like, oh, we're going to play into it and laugh with with you guys. No, that doesn't work that way. You are literally ruining Halo, which is your flagship franchise, to the point where. People are literally having debates last year of is Halo still the flagship franchise of Xbox or is it going to be Starfield or is it going to be Gears again or is it going to be Fable now? Like they are uh, uh, the fact that conversation have, had to happen is crazy. 
Yeah. And that's, that's my whole point is like, what, how did, how did we get to that? And I think it's just from the litany of first party mismanagement and green lighting, the wrong things, screwing up the right things, you know, having the Redfall situation happen. I think that ultimately the Redfall ordeal, I think that's done even more damage than people are willing to acknowledge. I think honestly, so. I think that was where a lot of people are like, okay, I don't know why I'm here anymore. You know, like if this is what you're going to do, I'm out, you know, and I think that really whatever, whatever glimmer of hope that people on the fence that, you know, maybe considering an Xbox, I think that kind of killed a lot of it. And uh, they're going to have a lot of hard work to do, um, regardless of what their vision becomes to to really make up for all that. Yeah, because Xbox is delivering delicious sides. What delicious baked potato, some steamed broccoli. Oh, man, they're killing it. And when this is the main course coming, it's like uh, undercooked chicken what the fuck how do you undercook chicken <laughs> you get one is, fish stick like what a, a plywood is like oh my bad i thought that was steak <laughs> plywood barbecue plywood with steak like that, that that's kind of where we're at like the pentiments and, and all those smaller games are are very nice little side things to have and really cool additions to have as a game as a as right. an xbox fan through game pass but when the main course is out it's like this is trash what's mm. the point you know but. Got splinters in my damn gums now. Thinking about that. <laughs> um, look, man, you, you mentioned Game Pass, and I, I, I wanted, I want to throw an, a, another thought exercise in the equation here. Okay. I want you to fill in the blank, but I, I don't want your answer to be Game Pass. Not that I want to, you know, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from Game Pass. I, I, yeah. that is a huge positive for them. It has been, and hopefully, it will continue to be. If you were to fill in the blank with this question, what would you say? The biggest silver lining. For Xbox is blank. Um, I would say the banking, the 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 backing of a massive financial titan that is Microsoft, and, and they're green the lighting billions of dollars worth of accusations to bolster their gaming division. They <laughs> accusations. Care. Hold up, you mean acquisitions? Okay, oh, acquisitions. Okay, acquisitions. We just greenlit a bunch of accusations. <laughs> Well, they, they we might are have with now the, funding the Me Too. Well, movements. actually, they did uh, great like a whole bunch of accusations when they bought uh, Activision, so they okay. did do that. Good save. Uh, Good but, save. Yeah, yeah. No, but worth uh, billions dollars of acquisitions uh, to bolster the gaming division. They, wherever they're going, in terms of Xbox and Microsoft, they care about video games in a way that many other people don't, because they're putting their money where their where their mouth is. Right, they're putting. They're they're talking the big game, but they're also spending big dollars. And so, wherever, whatever that means for the future, at the very least, you can you can appreciate and 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 and, and have that silver lining through Xbox as they are backed by the biggest corporation in the United States, and they are green lighting not thousands, not millions, but billions of dollars worth of of of, of companies of these acquisitions that they're going throughout. And so, I in that sense. You feel good about the fact that whatever may happen in the future, Xbox is going to be here to a certain capacity, but at the very least, they are willing to spend the money to bring in the likes of Activision, the, the Bethesda, all these huge companies. So at the very least, I would find that as a silver lining as, as, as a consumer knowing that, okay, they have the money, 
they have the ability, they have, they care at the very least in terms of trying to, to acquire these companies so they can have product. And that, and that is a, a, a big silver lining, at least for me. Yeah, I mean, I I had the same answer. I'll kind of throw a different one in the mix, though, because I think this is another good silver lining for them, is I really like Xbox, the Xbox feature set. Um, when you think about things like smart delivery, when you think about things like auto HDR and FPS boost, and you think about uh, Dolby Vision and um, Dolby Atmos, DTSX. Um, you look at things like that. Um, also, the way that they they do a much better job of backwards compatibility. Um, mm-hmm. I think they they do a in terms of game preservation. I think they are a lot better than what we've seen historically from PlayStation and Nintendo. Um, you know, by and large. I mean, there's some things that the others do a little bit better than them, but you know, I I think that's really one of the more enjoyable components of being an xbox owner for me is i love i mean look me and my daughter when she comes over and, and plays like you know games with me it's usually on xbox and the the quick resume feature like man that is a life changer for me because i could be in the middle of doing something with, with one of my games but she wants to jump on play one of hers and and there's nothing i have to oh my god i hope i saved you know like none <laughs> of that going on like it's just easy you drop in you drop out you're you're doing your thing and if if their marketing efforts could be better which i think is another issue they have for sure and and they really leaned into that stuff i think that would make a huge difference in really showing that okay this really feels like a next gen box you know like it is packing in features that you don't see on ps5 that you haven't seen anything close to on <laughs> on nintendo you know because th- those are the things that really make a, a new console feel new you know um and i i wish they would lean into that more in their marketing efforts and really explaining what the difference is like it's just it just feels more more seamless to play games on xbox sometimes and i i i really love that about the console i also like the controller i think the controller still feels great absolutely um, these little things go a long way it's it's um you know they they don't sound like much when you isolate them but i think as a collective it really does make the console attractive um, and feels like worth turning on and experiencing in that way. Um, but, you know, ultimately, again, I hate to kind of follow all that up with a negative, but, you know, it's great to have all these features, but you got to have interesting games to go play on the on the box. And that ultimately yeah, yeah, yeah. becomes the, the, the drawback. Right. But um, I want to shift gears, though, Pablo, because I think a big part of discussing the state of Xbox also kind of has to involve talking about the Xbox community. Um, And I want to ask you a very uh, direct question here. And that is, how much blame do you give to the Xbox-centric internet personalities when it comes to Xbox's not-so-great reputation right now? How much blame do you give them? Uh, You know, I I thought about this and... and, and, um but I, I would I would probably squarely put them at fifty percent of the blame. Wow. I, I think they wouldn't be as prominent. They wouldn't have as much access. They wouldn't feel as entitled if it weren't for Xbox leadership in their corner. And I and I think from the guys over at Kind of Funny to 
big old nobodies. They've had Phil Spencer on their show, and they uh, Phil Spencer has given them, uh, you know, invitations to events, showered them in game codes, or at the very least, given them a platform by engaging with them on social media, and that. They, they've taken that and they've ran with it in ways that, you know, is kind of shitty. Friend. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of shitty for Xbox because like, oh, yeah, but Phil Spencer's my friend. These guys, are they, they, they appreciate my fandom. They don't give a fuck about your fandom. What they give a fuck about is the fact that you're in there making 20-minute videos, uh, marketing videos for free. You know, you're out here hyping up something you don't have no idea what the game is or what what the the potential uh, of 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 Xbox in the future. But you're you're talking positive positively about it because you you got your friend Phil Spencer in your corner. You got the Xbox leadership. You got Sarah Bond saying hi to you, wishing you happy birthday. Like all these things, and 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 it's they're a huge influence. I know that Xbox is 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 a massive part of why they are the way they are, but. They've they've completely lost the plot here. They 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 are no longer Xbox fans. They're like Xbox uh, de- devotees, like zealots. Uh, they're like zealots, fucking yeah. yeah zealots. They're like they're like uh, the it's a they're it's a cult. a cult. They're a yes. cult. Yeah, it's it's a straight up <laughs> cult right now of of Xbox where it doesn't matter what they do, what they say. There's no accountability being held by them, and unfortunately, uh, a lot of the way that people consume uh, the product outside of actually playing the game is through podcasts, videos on YouTube. And when you're an Xbox fan and you go into an Xbox centric um, YouTuber. There's no longer the the holding Xbox accountable thing. It's all about fuck Sony and the Sony ponies, and here's why Xbox is great, you know. Mm. And and you know, and what's funny is like people go, well, Sony has the same kind of Sony Sony people who've actually risen to prominence have risen to prominence as because they're antagonistic towards Xbox guys. Like they they don't have That's true. Sony's uh Sony's backing. They don't have uh the the CEOs they going never had to cook out with Jim show. Ryan. Yeah, they never had to cook out with Jim Ryan. So it's like one of those things where like a lot of the Sony stuff is also equally as toxic and shitty, but oh, yeah. it's all about countering the Xbox movement because like it or not, when you look at Xbox podcasts, there's about 500 Xbox podcasts to every two PlayStation podcasts. And each of those 500 PlayStation podcasts or or YouTube videos have had Phil Spencer on their asses. Or uh, one of them. Uh, t- one of them talking yeah. something or direct. And so they, they, they've become this 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 entity. They've become this uh, the, these group of people who are so feel so entitled to Xbox and they feel like they owe them something. And so they are afraid. I, I, I know people probably prominent people who have criticized xbox and then erased that tweet because i don't want to dwell on the negative you're not dwelling in the negative you are calling out something horrible that's happening within the community and then you're taking it away because you don't want to possibly be blackballed uh by xbox you don't want to get your privileges taken away from you so i i have to say even though xbox is a huge part of why they are the way they are they bear half of the blame here because they have taken upon themselves to create a narrative around xbox and all xbox had to do was like hello fellow friend and that's all they needed and now they've run the gamut with all this shit and now they're completely 
completely in the pocket of of of, of Phil for no other reason than Phil gave one time gave him a a a a, a, a game code or something of that sort. So it's <laughs> it's it's kind of it's kind of disgusting to be quite honest with you. Uh, but I, yeah, they have a at, at the very least fifty percent of the blame going to them for sure. Yeah, I think some people might be shocked to hear 50%, but I actually agree. Um, I think it is right around kind of half and half in my brain, because I think a big part of the reason why Xbox has continued to flounder and fumble is because they have had these zealots, as you call them, um, kind of line up and, and constantly co-sign everything that Xbox does and defending everything they do um, tooth and nail. And so it, it's it's been very seldom that a lot of these Xbox-centric personalities have really ever kept it real towards Xbox to them on a very vocal level to say, hey, this isn't cool. Hey, 2022 was really terrible. Like there were still Xbox personalities in 2022, that dry ass year still going, man, this is going to be a great year for, game, uh, for, for Xbox, for Game Pass. And they were saying that when the year was basically over. So yeah. they've always and fake given... and fake hyping stuff up. It's not over yet. Yeah, the year's not over yet. That's exactly. Oh, what if they should? They what if they shadow drop? As soon as Hi-Fi Rush shadow dropped, I knew that everybody was going to from there on. Maybe they're going to shadow drop. Maybe they're going to shadow drop this thing. And so it just creates this this vicious cycle of Xbox making a mistake, the Xbox centric zealots kind of rushing to the defense of xbox telling them it's okay we get it you know let them cook let them do their thing we uh, and it just xbox reads that and goes oh well i mean we disappointed them but we didn't run them out the door you know and so it just keeps the bad moves coming because no one's saying no 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 time out this is bad this is really bad and we're sick of it we're done it wasn't until very recently that that people really started in this in that community in those circles being honest about xbox why did it take the rumors of going third party for a lot of these personalities to finally say hey xbox has been really terrible like why is that happening now why are the people who you know and i don't want to name names but there's one person in particular who is like the the quintessential xbox fanboy i think you know who i'm talking about called eastwood no 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 (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, he's he's kind of in that in that in that family. Yeah, I'll just say yeah, it's Tim Dog. Tim Dog, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You got people like that, right? And I don't have a problem with him personally. I don't think he's a bad person or anything like that. But we're gonna have, have a show. You have people, <laughs> yeah. You have people like that who have spent literally years saying, in so many words, "I see no evil. I hear no evil." I speak no evil. Xbox is great. Y'all are just hating. Ponies this, Sony that. And it isn't until now that they finally do something that crosses that threshold for people where now we're finally going, yeah, man, those, those hardware sales are bad. Well, a few weeks ago, it was, oh, PlayStation's on the ropes. So what changed? <laughs> Xbox has been doing bad. I'm sorry. I love Xbox. I, I really enjoy I just I just talked about how me and my daughter love it. We play it routinely. But but damn, man. I mean, it's getting outsold two to one in, in the US, three to one in other countries, seven to one, literally ninety-two to one in Asia, I think. 
Like it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's been bad, but no one is, no one talked about that because they were afraid to call out weaknesses because they didn't want to piss off daddy Phil and they didn't want to give ammunition to the Sony fanboys, which are just as toxic. I'm not taking anything away from that. They're terrible, but it's just been a lot of the denial, a lot of the hand waving, a lot of burying their heads in the sand all the way up until the third party stuff came around and they finally did something that you couldn't spin into a positive and people are literally people are still trying to do that now where now they're calling sony and nintendo anti-consumer because they might they don't want to make games from their catalog third party like microsoft does are we are you guys serious like if if you care enough about this stuff to say that sony and nintendo are anti-consumer then that also means by that same logic that up until recently you thought microsoft was anti-consumer for how they do xbox uh exclusives no that's because so usually logic using logic they don't it they doesn't don't, make they sense don't, yeah it's it's constantly trying to find the the that silver lining that's why i asked that question earlier because people are constantly reaching for it and there's just going to be times with xbox where it just doesn't exist and this has been one of those times and i think they are heavily to blame for that because they're constantly trying to figure out a way to finagle things and make it about well it's still a good time for xbox well oh well this doesn't actually bother me yes the fuck it does because every time we heard about all the new things they were announcing, and after the ABK acquisition especially, all people wanted to do was go on these rants about, well, here comes that Xbox pipeline we've been waiting on. Boys are going to be eating good. These exclusives are going to start dropping. They're going to be on Game Pass. And now that's not happening, and all of a sudden the narrative has shifted to, yeah, well, you know, at least we're not Sony and Nintendo being anti-consumer. Get the fuck out. Like, well, I love Xbox, but I'm not in love with them, and, and I think a lot of people really do have a weird parasocial almost romantic relationship with the idea of xbox to the point where they don't see things clearly anymore and it's really whack it really is and 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 even even what you're saying here is a lot of those people who are finally quote unquote taking xbox to task aren't even doing it in a in a fucking healthy and sane way taking pictures of their xbox series x in a trash can that they've taken back out and connected i'm sure oh absolutely like and it's just it's, it's ridiculous because these people don't know how to they don't know they don't know how to have a conversation where it's like to parse out the good and the bad because i'll be honest with you playstation and nintendo are selling consoles at a at a record breaking rate okay they are they are yeah. breaking fucking records like records that people thought would never be broken are being broken in months xbox is not breaking records xbox however has sold 35 million units i i don't that's not great comparatively speaking but no. It isn't exactly a complete and utter disaster, sure. but these people have completely taken the nuance out of those conversations where it's like the best of all time or the worst of all time. They can't even be like, all right, Sony and Nintendo have this huge history of, of video games. They've been a lo- uh, they've been around forever, and they're out here outdoing their own things. They're 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 selling outselling the PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five is outselling the PlayStation Two. Nintendo's outselling all their previous consoles, all that stuff. They they have this incredible history and they've built upon that xbox is still the new kid on the block and the fact that they're still selling about 35 million is 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 a okay it's not terrible it should be better they're still being outsold two to one but those conversations can no longer be had because even the people who should be having those conversations the xbox fanboys have decided that that's not the conversation they want to have they want to either be they're winning in a different way 
in crossing their arms like no that's not that's not mm-hmm. what they want and then when you finally were faced with the reality mm-hmm. of it now it's like xbox is complete trash like they've been they, they're, they're horrible at this and that i'm like they've always been bad at that that's not new like you you you've lost your opportunity to to, to have a thoughtful conversation and 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 now you're 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 being reactionary in both ways whether it be people who are still defending the brand or people who are absolutely <laughs> taking pictures of their xbox in a trash can you fucking idiot like it's yeah. Yeah. It's it's just a ridiculous uh, moment in time right now. Well, I, I want to add one more thing before we get to the next kind of thought exercise here, because I think it'll segue into it fairly well. But you know, th- there's a clip. I think it's I think it's Matty Place um, that's circling uh, the internet where he essentially associated social media fanboyism with like a form of mental illness. And at first, uh, I, I was like, "All right, what are we doing here?" But no, nah, I'm but I'm 100 behind that. Here's the thing. I am too, because the more I looked at like the behaviors of the Tim Dogs of the world and others out there, um, the more I kind of saw that their behavior is is so bizarre that it doesn't it it doesn't fit with traditional fandom. I mean, there's people that are literally admitting that they have lost sleep, that they are genuinely like earnestly depressed, that they're feeling personally betrayed. That they're, I have to take a break from social media to collect myself. Like, That's and insane. it just made me sit back and go, like, wow, how many of these people actually tried to seek an identity for themselves through Xbox? And yeah. if and if they did, what's going on with them as a person to let it get this personal? Like, you know, like, uh, and I told this to a good friend of mine, Will. Shout out to Will, friend of the show. I was like, you know, I understand that gaming is is a part of who we are. Like, it's a part of, like, you know, my childhood nostalgia of, you know, my first time playing a game. You know, it's telling my story would have to involve video games. So I get it from a certain perspective. But I at least have boundaries around how much my happiness or my validation or my sense of self, like, hinges on how gaming is going you know what i mean like so as yeah. weird as it, it, is it is is saying like it's like it's like someone saying they're having a like i'm having a bad day because i didn't win in in war zone <laughs> you know what That's... i mean but it, but it's like it's like cranked up to like 11 you know like where it's like okay now because they made a business decision it has completely unraveled you the way that you are literally living your life and it's you know it's making you emotionally not okay so what's going on with these people pablo like what's how did it get there i i've been saying that man i i really think that in a couple of years there's going to be some kind of fancy word for these people who are completely addicted or they come or or their personality is attached to a plastic box or or an an item a product it's ridiculous george r R. martin excuse me george r R. martin said that it's basically the is the rise of the anti-fans these people are fans of being not fans you know of 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 being toxic on purpose because nothing outside of their own personal view can be as good and if it is or it threatens that at that point they completely lose their mind they become this toxic mess and that's that's a sickness these people need help and i'm not even trying to be funny like no, neither these, am I. The, th- this is a, a a real thing where it's like you're seeing these people, like you said, lose sleep, like completely lose sense of self or of worth because the thing that they've put money into, put passions behind is no longer the thing they thought it was. That's an insane of 
mindset. I couldn't even put myself in it. And I've been playing games for 30 plus years. I've never <clears throat> played a game, hit a fail state, turned off the console and, and, and gone out of here and, and hit my wife. You know what I mean? Like, like just, <laughs> just an extreme example. Like been upset to the point where I'm over here losing my absolute and unconscious mind. It's, it's, it's a ridiculous. Yeah, it's a, we're in a ridiculous state. I, I, honestly, it's just it doesn't make any sense for me. And these people should not be taken seriously. These are not sure. serious people. Well, and, and even if they are serious, it's like you know, again, like what what was the what's going on with them? In turn, I don't know what their backgrounds are, what their live, yeah. livelihoods are like. I mean, I, I I can definitely understand like a lot of things in life being not great, and video games kind of being the thing that holds you up. And so when things kind of yeah. go a little weird in that space, it's like, oh, damn, you know, like this sucks too. But it, this is like a different level of that to a point where it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of alarming, you know? And that kind of leads me into the next question I wanted to ask you. Is there, and I think I know the answer to this maybe, but is there really such a thing as Xbox Stockholm syndrome? I think anytime that you put your passions and your checkbook behind something, uh, it, it, you all are all not all of us, but some of us are really looking for that validation. I just spent a lot of money on this. I'm really passionate about this. This better work out. And when it does, everything's great. And when it doesn't, you, you get some people who are completely shaken to the core and they go into this flight or fight mode because the thing that they're so passionate about is no longer the thing, right? So yes, there's definitely, not just with Xbox, with pretty much everything. The problem is, is that it's becoming a problem specifically on the Xbox front. We're seeing that right now. These people, like you said, Xbox seemingly can do no wrong, even though when it's doing wrong. You know, the thing they said wasn't going to happen is happening, and, and, and they're still there. They're, they're still not only backing them up in terms of the narrative online, but still putting money into it. I'll be quite honest with you. I have slowed down a little bit on my purchasing on Xbox just because I don't know exactly what the future is that doesn't mean that i'm not buying games on there it just means like i'm kind of weighing my options uh you know if i could buy it on playstation i'll do it there just because i know playstation has that library right now there's there's nothing funky going on over there so i'm kind of i'm in the position myself where i'm kind of holding back a little bit to see exactly what how all this shakes out uh people are not doing that people are doubling tripling down you know and, and yeah there's definitely that 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 stockholm syndrome that comes into play here where people feel like <clears throat> man i got something in my throat <clears throat> yeah <laughs> that pe- people feel like they ha- the xbox has their back through thick and thin and that they don't really care uh, about how, what the world thinks about them that they're there for them they, they really think that they have that relationship w- with xbox which is fucking weird man People are gonna think that, uh, are they gonna joke that? You know, yeah, you had PlayStation's dick in your mouth when you were talking. About <laughs> Let's go, delicious. Uh, yeah, ew. <laughs> All right, <laughs> making it weird. Look, man. Um, the definition of Stockholm syndrome is it's a coping mechanism to a captive or abusive situation. Um, in terms of developing positive feelings towards a captor or an abuser, right? I think that the shoe fits. I do. I think that. In a lot of ways, it is, yes, validating your purchase. It is not wanting to feel like you wasted your money. But I think it goes beyond that because, you know, for a lot of these people who are in this Stockholm Syndrome-like situation, they've been Xbox fans for a very long time. They've owned more than one Xbox console. They keep showing up. And I think that part of it is, I I, I think the hope of Xbox 
became a drug to a lot of people. Yeah. I think the, the, the promise of the next year thing and then the, Oh, well then the next year. Oh, okay. Well then next year it's going to be the year. I think that became so exciting to people that a lot of them kind of became all too willing to forgive the, the, the blunders and the mistakes because they, they tried to see that little, little glimmer of, of hope for a better Xbox tomorrow. And I think it made a lot of people play that waiting game, um, try to kind of give Xbox the, the, the excuses and justify Xbox, always going out of their way to explain the business perspective of why mm. Xbox is doing what they're doing. It's, it's, it's created a lot of that to kind of excuse the abuser. You know, well, they really love me. They still do love me, even though they keep, you know, bopping me in the mouth with, you know, more and more bad news. And I think that's kind of the thing with with the Xbox community. Like, you know, I hate to go with a boxing analogy, but, you know, you got to learn when to swing. You got to learn when to move and you got to learn when to clinch. And and a lot of times like Xbox We're not talking fans, about butt clinching. Hey, and not at all. Um, but I mean, with some of the bad news, you kind of do have to clinch every once in a while. But like... <laughs> It's like, it's like, bro, you have to, you have to, you're a consumer and you have to move and shake and swing back like a consumer sometimes. And they just don't want to do that. They still want to feel like they're in that romantic relationship with Xbox. They still want to feel like they're Xbox family. They still want to feel like you can't, you know, you can't, you can't be like that to your relative. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just, it's, it's bizarre. So I, I think there's a lot of, again, a lot of psychological um, things going on that I think social media really does amplify and make worse. Um, that is causing a lot of the Stockholm effect to happen. Um, I, I still want to stay on the subject of fans um, because I also want to ask you this question too. What do you think is the biggest misconception that most Xbox fans within these ranks, like the the crazy internet personality ones, what's the biggest misconception do you think they have about Xbox? If you had to pick one thing, I, I would go down to Xbox isn't trying to compete with PlayStation and Nintendo. Oh, that's that a good one. They definitely are. They 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 are pivoting. They're finding ways to circumvent that. They might not be, they might not be doing it in a traditional sense, like like PlayStation or Nintendo is. But the advent of Game Pass, the 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 buying of of, of games to put on Game Pass, the, all these things, buying studios, all of that is based on the fact that they are, in fact, very much competing with PlayStation and Nintendo. People conflate the fact that Xbox might be going it ab- about it the wrong way. Oh, oh, the, oh, it's not the wrong way. Well, going about it a different way. And, and they conflate that with the fact that Xbox uh, isn't competing or trying to compete. They absolutely are trying to compete. They're not buying $70 billion worth of IP. They're not buying $8 billion worth of IP not to compete. They are trying to compete. Yes, they are going about it a different way. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the, the misconception that Xbox is doing something different. They are not doing something different because they want to, guys. They are doing something different because they have to. There's mm. a huge difference in that. They have to. They had to have Game Pass. They had to have something to, to take them out of the Xbox One uh, doldrums. They, they, were, they were down bad. You know, f- For all the things that we talked about, Phil, today, Phil has saved Xbox to a certain point. We are now at that at that 
that at that point in time where where is Xbox going to go? Is Phil going to come through and, and, and grow the brand more or is something else drastic going to have to happen? Regardless of what happens here, all the decisions being made are based on the fact that they are absolutely competing with, with PlayStation and Nintendo. That's a great one, dude. That's a great one. I, I, I do roll my eyes quite a bit when I hear that. They, they are competing. I don't care what they say outwardly. They're, they they yeah. are competing. They do have to factor in what PlayStation and Nintendo is doing at all times. All you can't times. tell me you can't tell me that with Nintendo about to drop a new console this year for all intents and purposes that Xbox is not talking about that because oh well Nintendo's not a competitor of ours. Of course they're talking about it. It's probably half of the reason why they 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 revisited their strategy in the first place because they mm-hmm. knew like okay it's already that we're already selling terribly now and that's with competing against an old Nintendo Switch uh SKU and the and the PlayStation 5 once the new Nintendo console is going to come out we're going to be left beyond the dust, you know, like we're going to be gone out of the, we're not going to have any hope of selling consoles. If it's already bad, like it is pre switch Two. you know, like PlayStation five. Yeah. They're going to suffer a little bit too, but they've already built a sizable lead. So even if their numbers go down, they're already okay because they've been outselling Xbox by, you know, whatever number to one, uh, pretty much across the entire planet earth, you know? And that's another thing too. Like Xbox is not a global brand. Nintendo and PlayStation are so they don't Sony and Nintendo don't have the same challenge that Xbox does because they've already accomplished what they needed to in other regions of the world so they can they can withstand the PS5 Pro coming out Nintendo can handle that and then alternatively PlayStation can handle the Switch 2 coming out because they're both able to thrive you know at the same time Xbox doesn't have that luxury so you're right in that and even they are competing yeah, and even PlayStation is looking at Nintendo and already have uh, an R an R and D uh, a a potential PlayStation handheld. Like you know, it's right. They are all competing with each other, and and Sony's also competing with with, with Xbox. You know, let's not forget that. I mean, of course. they're not and competing in, in the fact in the realm of ideas. I mean, PlayStation waited at the very last minute to release their pricing because of you know of Xbox to see where they would fall. All that stuff. They're all competing. Just because you're winning doesn't mean you're not competing. You know what I mean? Mm. Just, uh, just because you're number one doesn't mean you're competing with others. That's 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 competition, especially when you're within a the the very similar uh, business. You know, of video games, you are always competing with everybody at all fucking times. You know? Yeah. So yeah, that's a great it's, it's a great point. Yeah, for sure. My, my answer to that question, though, um, I think the biggest misconception is that Game Pass will ultimately drive people to buy Xboxes. And I know that's going to be very controversial, but you know the, the logic I'm I'm coming from is not from a standpoint of I don't think Game Pass is great. I think Game Pass has been really good. I think last year, 2023, I think was arguably the best year of Game Pass they've ever had. Um, mm-hmm. I really loved being a part of that, um, and I enjoyed a lot of the drops they had, to say the least. Um, and even into this year, you know, getting being able to get Pal World on there is it's it's a, it's a big deal. Um, Persona and Persona, absolutely. Here's the reality, though. If if Game Pass is the vehicle that drives people to buy Xboxes, it would already be happening. <laughs> right. It would already be happening. But Six the, years. The, the reality is, and, and whether people like it or not, and again, I am pro Game Pass. The reality is, is that Game Pass is not compelling enough to gamers, right or wrong, for them to go and invest in Xbox. 
It's just not. We saw over the holidays, they slashed the hell out of the prices of the Series X and S. The Series X was on sale for $349. The Series S was literally $150 with a Xbox headset bundled with it at Costco, and nobody cared. So clearly, there is a lot more that is problematic about Xbox than people are willing to admit. And Game Pass, as great as it is, and it is great, it is not enough to mitigate the issues that people have or the stigma that people have about Xbox. It's just not enough. And so, you know, while a lot of people really get after PlayStation, well, PlayStation Plus is a poor man's Game Pass, and it is. I'm not taking anything away from that. It's not, you know, it doesn't have first party day and day drops, so whatever. But the thing is, is people don't care because they trust PlayStation enough to still support what they do. Helldivers 2 is literally breaking some of their own internal records right now. And it's and it's and it's not even like a God of War-esque game. It actually surpassed God of War to be number one uh, for the, the Steam concurrent user thing. So clearly... It doesn't have to be on Game Pass for people to buy it, play it, enjoy it, advocate for it, and see it rise to the top of some rankings. And so that that shows you that it all kind of dials back to what I said earlier. You got to put games out that people want to buy this console to play. And if it, it's not going to matter that Game Pass is a great deal, if the shit you're putting in Game Pass is, to Pablo's yeah. earlier point, yeah. littered with caveats. You know, like and I, I love, and I'm, I'll take. You know, I like Starfield a lot. I like, I really enjoyed Forza Motorsport. So I'm not saying that I don't like the games they put out, but whether we like it or not, the masses didn't really feel the same way. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, Game Pass, Game Pass at at that point, right? Right. I I I love Game Pass, and it's probably the the reason why I I love Xbox so much today. I, I but I agree with you because it isn't. The service, it's what's in the service. I honestly think that Game Pass could be a system seller or a system mover to the likes if Nintendo had a Game Pass or PlayStation had a Game Pass and the day day and day drops. That would that would that would be huge for them, but they don't need it. You know what I mean? Xbox right. needs it. And they need it because they fell so far behind. And even then they're still reeling because of stuff that's coming out on Game Pass in terms of the first party stuff, just ain't it. You know, it's just it's just the mm. way it is. So, yeah, I don't think that Game Pass is a system mover because it's been around for six years and it's not moving systems. And the it's subscriber just, numbers are stagnating, as they've said. Yeah, they 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 reached about twenty five billion in twenty twenty two, and 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 they've maybe reached thirty uh, last know, year. Yeah. We don't know that for a, a fact. That, that, that's been that's been kind of alluded to, but you know that's not necessarily growth. You know that's yeah. it is, but it isn't like substantial. Like, and that's that's what that's how these things work. It's it's. It's not leveling out your 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 in, in inventory or your investment. Like they make ten million this year, next year they made ten million. That's a failure. They want to make twenty. They want to make forty, fifty year in year out, and that's not what they're doing right now. So yeah, and I think it calls into question a lot of the direction of like making Game Pass the focus because they're trying to drive people to Game Pass, but the problem is you have a a anywhere from a three hundred dollar to a five hundred dollar hurdle to get. Game Pass, unless you're a PC user, obviously it's different 
state of affairs there, but I'm talking console wise, you yeah. have that barrier to entry in order to get access to Game Pass. That's the problem. If their vision long term is like Game Pass is going to be on everything under the sun, including rival consoles, then whatever, you know, then yeah, I guess you don't have to worry so much. But you, you their their strategy should have always been we have to make the console itself attractive first. Then the games. The games. And then yeah. then Game Pass becomes that complementary piece of the puzzle that brings everything together holistically and makes the ecosystem and makes the experience make sense. I think they're going about it literally backwards. I think they're they're focusing so heavily on Game Pass. Um, and again, I love Game Pass, but they're focusing so heavily on that first and foremost that they're forgetting to make the console attractive and they're forgetting to make sure the games come out good consistently. And so you just can't you can't move you can't moonwalk your way through through life, you know? It's a cool move once in a while, but eventually you're going to look like the dude that needs to stop moonwalking in public. It's going to look weird. Right. And that's kind of the way they move. It's just strange. Um, and then they grab the crotch too. It's sometimes it's, it's weird. And then they go, he, he weird guys. I'm doing that. Um, well, look, man, um, I want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, end this without kind of some, some positivity and some hope that we happen to share towards Xbox. We got, we, we talked about a lot of the dark stuff, but I want to ask you to kind of close things out here. What is it that you still love about Xbox? And I want you to be specific because I think we all kind of go, oh, I love Xbox, but I want the why from you. And I, I want to pitch in as well, of course. I, I'll have more details here in a second, but I, this one's a little bit of a cop out to kind of straight up just say, but I love the idea of Xbox. Oh, you, you know? like them now. I, 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 love, <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love the idea. I love the fact that this is a powerful system with great features like we mentioned and it has this thing called Game Pass where essentially when you think about it every game that you ever wanted from from Xbox first party is f- quote unquote free with a subscription fee so that idea is is like the Netflix of video games i like that idea and execution it's not it's not quite there yet but also to be more specific, I, these are things that we already touched on. I love their commitment to the industry. I love the fact that they are still trying to find ways to make it work. I like the fact that they haven't quite completely given up because you can't say $70 billion purchase in and you're giving up on, on, on the industry itself. That doesn't sound or look like you're giving up. So I do like that about them. I, I do like uh, the fact that they are they're, they're, they have a lot of things that, that a lot of other uh, consoles don't have, like you mentioned, the features that, like, uh, uh, oh my god, like the not the, the badges, quick, but the the quick resume and and and, and yeah. the fact that all these little audio things are all there. Like they have a lot of really cool things that really make this console a very awesome box to to have. You know, um, I, I love the UI. I love everything about Xbox. I really do. I love everything that they do. I love everything that they they represent. The only problem is it's a video game console, and the video games just aren't there. But mm-hmm. I, I I do love that they are committed to the industry. That they have incredible features that nobody else has. That they have this thing called Game Pass, which is essentially a great, uh, the best deal in gaming. Sure, uh, has a lot of awesome little features like that, uh, and that's what really makes Xbox to me stand out amongst other uh, other consoles because PlayStation has great software but as a as a console it's pretty run-of-the-mill it's exa- exactly what you would expect it looks like the next upgrade to the ps4 the switches is, is different in itself but it's still with that ds family they're, they're they're doing different things but they're very common consoles now uh, i think xbox is the only one that has the ability and has the financial backing to do things differently and that's why i say i like the idea of xbox and what they potentially can do that's kind of where i'm at with that mm-hmm. Yeah, it's those are great points. I think for me, um, 
what I still love about Xbox is that, um, yes, I agree, you know, that, that Microsoft at large seems to be very invested in the gaming space. I think it's their, their third uh, highest grossing division. Uh, mm-hmm. I might be wording that the wrong way, but um, not post ABK. Now they're kind of like surging, which is you know good to see, and I'm sure that's going to compel them to stay in that space. Um, believe it or not, I I don't I don't hate the acquisition um, you know focus that they've had in recent years. I think it was necessary. I think when you look at how skeletal their first party studios were a couple mm-hmm. years back. I think it was clear that they were going to need to make some pretty big moves to really get things back on track and and really figure out what the Xbox pipeline is going to be. So I'm glad that they are not just the three trillion dollar mega corporation that's afraid to spend money um, because scared money don't make money, as uh, as, as the wise man said. But, you know, um, I think that's a strength. I think also, again, you can't buy your way out of all your problems, but you can you know, bridge some certain gaps and they do, they don't have the same length of time in the gaming spaces as, as Nintendo and PlayStation. So they had to do this sort of to, to, to kind of catch up and, and level the playing field a little bit. Um, so I get that. Um, I mentioned it earlier. I'll say it again. I think the Xbox feature set is really good. One thing I love about Xbox um, historically is that they've always kind of been ahead of the curve. You know, when you think about Xbox Live really being that cutting edge way to play games online on console and PlayStation being so super archaic at the time and of course nintendo has no idea that you can probably play games online to this day um they go so, online yeah what you mean online 56k um <laughs> so you know i i love that they have always kind of been um pretty bold and audacious with like okay what if we do this thing called achievements, you know, where you don't just beat a game, you don't just do something cool and go, well, that was cool, but you actually get some type of, you know, a little harmless reward for it. And, and, and now look, it's, it's, it's something that we demand and expect now from everybody. Yeah. And um, PlayStation now does it. Nintendo doesn't know what achievement is. They've never looked it up in the dictionary. They've never, they don't know what a trophy is uh, unless it's a Mario Kart one. So they're still behind the times. <laughs> but that just kind of goes to show that they, they do things that ultimately become staples of gaming. And I, I applaud them for that. It's just that somewhere along the way they lost that. Right. They yep. lost the ingenuity and the, the, the boldness to go in a really interesting direction. And, and, and then, you know, the new directions that they are kind of going in for all intents and purposes are not the kind that make us go, hmm, yeah, I can see technology going that way. Oh, yeah, I can see the industry trending that way. It's more of like a, hey, you all right? <laughs> like, it's more of a that yeah. kind of thing. So, But even you know, then, like, cloud gaming is the thing that they were really talking up a lot. Yeah. And then PlayStation is now, like, really yeah. get, getting into it. So Now they've created they, that opening. So, yeah. It, it's, it's weird because they are the, the youngest company within video games. And they are trendsetters. They really are. You yeah. know? And uh, it's just, unfortunately, <laughs> it's like, uh, they're kind of like, uh, they're kind of like Android, where they have this really cool idea, but other companies tend to kind of make it better. Uh, you know, mm, so yeah, trophy system is better than the achievement system. That's a good comparison be real, because, you know? you know, like, yeah, because like PlayStation wants to be the Apple, you know, and I guess they are the yeah. Android. They, yeah. yeah, they are. And PlayStation is the Apple. I mean, Xbox had haptic feedback, didn't have the adaptive triggers, but then PlayStation 5 has that. And it's like, oh, game changer. And it is to, to a certain extent, but like it started with, with the Xbox controller, you know, it started with that kind of stuff where yeah. it's, 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 Xbox is a trendsetter. 
It's just right now the the, the trend they're trying to set is failure. <laughs> <laughs> and I think PlayStation Nintendo's allergic to that, even though they've tried. PlayStation 3, ladies and gentlemen, remember that? Wii U? Come on. You ain't lying. Um, but yeah, man, I guess that's kind of our uh, state of Xbox address. Um, you know, we had to kind of we had to kind of go there for lack of a better term, but it was necessary. And obviously in the weeks to come as we, you know, learn more about where, where the, the new vision and strategy go. And um, of course, more details that follow and, and more reporting uh, we'll, we'll have a much, hopefully I should say a much clearer picture um, of what is in store. And of course we're going to come back and talk about it as we always do. Um, but and, for now, that's kind of where we're at. And to be clear, if you, if you, if you noticed our concerns with Xbox have very little to do with the current rumors that are circulating. Right. Th- or what they've confirmed rum- at this point. But they could all be... Or listening these this, rumors can be completely busted out. Like, none of this is real. And guess what? All the problems and issues that we have today, we still have them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that, a lot of those, this is just legacy issues, yeah. Yeah, that's not going to fix it. You know, it's not going to fix any of the issues that we, we've kind of uh, talked about today because this is an issue with, with Xbox before these rumors started to come up. So, yeah, it's it's not about hi-fi going third party. It's not about, you know, are, are they in or they out of the console space? That, that's all recent stuff. This is this is more, you know, long term. This has been the journey uh, for good or, for, you know, for bad. And, and that's that's what we're kind of here to talk about today, because I think about- a lot of this informs the, the you know, the, the, the direction that they're heading for sure. I know we wanted to finish this on a positive note, but I, I, I'm curious because I, I kind of want to talk about the last thing that we, we, we have on the list. Here. Yeah, I was going to skip it because I didn't want to end on a negative note, but we can we can talk about it. I think it's interesting. I, I think is as Xbox, I, I'm a I, I, I'm a Xbox fan. You know, I play most of my games on Xbox. On Xbox. Uh, Marco's a little bit more down the middle. He's excuse a little more PlayStation, but I'm interested uh, to see exactly where you land here. Like, what would xbox have to do for you to completely be out on them just um goodbye xbox i think it's ultimately going to come down to the exclusive situation you know um if they contain that i think i talked about it a couple weeks ago if it if it's a scenario where they announce hey we are going to put some games out that are from our catalog on other consoles but they they unscrew the lid they throw out a couple of games and they screw the exclusivity lid back on and call it a day um, or, or, or if it is like a, an ongoing strategy, but they make good on their word, I'll be able to kind of figure things out better. But if it's just one of those things where they say it's going to be a couple things and then it just slowly becomes more and it, now it's a quarter of the games. Now it's half of the games. Now it's three quarters of the games. Now it's damn near all of them. Then I, I, I just don't have a reason to be there when I can go buy the PlayStation five or six or whatever and get the best of PlayStation and the best of Xbox on the same damn console. And there's my library there. All, all I want is in one, in one spot. And I don't care if I have to wait a year or or a couple months to get it on the other console because Hey, it still saves me money from going and buying another console. I know a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, but game pass makes the console pay for itself. And that is true. But if you're asking me if I want to have one concise, organized, digital or physical library and I have that opportunity through just getting a PlayStation, then then I'll do that. I think the other um, drop off point for me would be if they alter um, Game Pass either soon or down the line in a way where the incentive of getting first party day and day drops are no longer there. Then, you know, at that point, why? Why? Why even bother? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I'd be lying to you if I said that if the exclusivity thing was like, hey, all games are coming to everything, but is there going to be a year on Xbox? I'd still buy an Xbox for that year, uh, especially if they're all coming on Game Pass. But what would have me walk away? Well, first of all, is if they go the way of Dreamcast, which, you know, obviously they would take that choice away from me. If they got out of the console space completely, that would be obviously a reason to leave because there's nothing there. But the other one would be like, they would say, hey, we're still going to be in the console space, but our consoles are going to be Game Pass machines, dongles, lower power oh, machines. Not the yeah, things like that. I don't that even would like that ha- word, definitely bro. have me. <laughs> That would pr- have me walk away uh, from Xbox because I yeah. do. I, I, the thing that I love about Xbox, I, I like that box. I do. I love the Xbox Series <laughs> X. I think it's a great. That's nasty uh, sounding, hey, by hey, the way. Hey, but, mm, <laughs> I love it. I love to eat that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I love it. I love the Xbox Series It'll X. And it, it <laughs> if you take that away from me, if you take a physical video game console at that point, there, for me, that's, that's like 90% of my uh, investment into this. And then the, the second thing would be what Marco said. If they cut back, trim back Game Pass in any way, if it's like, hey, it's some more day and date, there's some more of this, it's like a six-month window, and six months later, it'll come out on everything. At that point, if it's not on Game Pass, then... They're, you're giving me little, little to no incentive to even own an Xbox at that point. So yeah, no. I, yeah. and I think these are interesting things because these none of these things are outside of the realm of possibility. Like, mm-hmm. the, it could be announced this week, and this could be a redundancy here by this point, that Xbox could say, hey, status quo, everything's the same, okay? Or they could say, we're, get, we're getting out of the console space and we're becoming a publisher, or somewhere in the middle. All those things are possibilities, which you talk about Sony or, or Nintendo. There's there's no way that's happening with them. But just this week alone, we there's a possibility that we can see the end of Xbox or an evolution of Xbox in a way that we might not like. Yeah, it can go in a million different directions and we'll mm-hmm. have to just kind of stay tuned. I just want people to know that Pablo did just admit on air that he likes to eat pass. Um <laughs> That is going to do it for this week's show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, We hope you enjoyed that uh, candid conversation uh, to the point of TMI levels of honesty about Xbox. Um, Xbox. If you you enjoyed this episode and you're listening to my voice right now and not not my co-host's voice, uh, be sure to subscribe if you uh, like conversations like these and you'd like to hear more of them, especially as more news eventually comes out about the future of Xbox as well. Uh, But in the meantime, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. Uh, In the meantime, take it easy. Enjoy your games. We'll catch you later. Mama! No, not mama. Don't talk about mama after you just talked about eating pass. That's nasty. (laughs) Leave her out of this. Make me feel good.